Pokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. You don't believe in the Force, do you? Kid, I've flown from one side of this galaxy to the other. I've seen a lot of strange stuff, but I've never seen anything to make me believe there's one all-powerful Force controlling everything. Do you expect me to talk? Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good night, not necessarily in that order. Welcome to episode 170 of Do You Expect Us to Talk? I'm your host, Becca, and as always, joined by Chris, Dave, and our fantastic special guest, Charlie Brigden. Today, after a long pause, we are going to rank the Star Wars movies. At last, you ranking rankers. Right. Shit, I wanked off Mark Hamill. I've got that. I misread the instructions. Uh, Ranking, not the other one. Oh, shit. Okay. Yes, finally. We've been asked for this for a while and we've had various delays as well. So uh, this this show, and then when people thought they were getting it, we put out a Trading Places commentary. So I feel like we've been kind of prick-teasing the listeners a bit. Happy Festivus with our Trading Places commentary. I'm just trying to like put like rankings of like pot pickers. So it's like, what what would be our thing? Uh, 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 what's it? Our, uh, our ranking rankers or whatever. <laughs> Rank you, your ranking rankers. Yes, well, the charity rankathon. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Yes. All right. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, they, when did we start Star Wars the first time round? Was that last year or the year before? I can't remember. So blurring into one. Wouldn't have been last year, actually, because Marvel took up most of that year. So we did Star Wars about two and a half years ago, I think. We definitely picked it up a bit with... I think it, I think it must have been two years ago, because it must have been... So we picked we yeah. we picked it up in the summer, not obviously not last year, but the year, it was year four that was. So. Was it before or after Last Jedi came out? I think we did it in the run up to Last Jedi, but then we did we did Last Jedi solo and a commentary together in the summer. Because yes. Last Jedi, we were delayed. Then we seemed to get delayed around Christmas quite a bit, and we got delayed then to the point that we just all thought, well, the Last Jedi is eight weeks ago. Let's just do it in a little mini series with Solo when that comes out. Yeah. Yeah, that I think it. that's right. Anyway, something like that. So it's we've been at this a while, and we keep being asked for rankings. And I didn't want to do it when we only had like eight films or nine films. But uh, obviously, the Skywalker saga's finished now. So yeah, and with that, so <laughs> yeah. and good evening, Charlie. Hello. There you go. Yes, can't forget our extra special guest, Charlie Brigden. It's always Hello. an absolute pleasure to have him on the show. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, last appearance until Planet of the Apes. 
and uh, this Yay. is yeah. How hard did we find to do this? Because we've we've ranked the eleven, so we've ranked the Skywalker saga in the two sort of um, Star Wars story films. Yeah, right? we haven't included so, like the Clone Wars, any of the cartoons, unfortunately, or any Lego Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. We haven't or, included that, no, unfortunately. No caravan, caravan of courage. courage yeah. No, no, no Ewok <laughs> movies. No Christmas specials. Mm. So sorry, team. Please just stop there. We're just going to trilogy and the five yeah. films that have been released under Disney. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've. It's been a. It has been a bit, a bit tricky, mostly with the the middle section, because, you know, um, I mean, I think you know, but the bottom two are quite solidly my bottom two. Uh, the the top movie is quite solidly my top movie. I think you know when you get to the top, you kind of know where your favourites are. Yes. You, so you can kind of, but I don't know. I've 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 rewatched. I've not watched rewatched them all. I've only rewatched like maybe a handful. And I've and I've kind of maybe changed my mind on a few things here and there, and I've kind of gone. Actually, you know what? I prefer watching this movie over that movie, and I was actually quite surprised about some of the the ones that that you know that I thought I used to enjoy more. I actually preferred this time round. So I got a feeling with Star Wars. I'm just you know, if you ask me next year, it's probably going to change. So, but I think in the in the middle section, I don't know in. When you when you go past like the bottom two, there's like the the next three films. They are all interchangeable for various different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a choice that that's top that could be could could fall way below that next time round. I just don't know, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. But as of now, yeah, I've got my list down. What about you, Charlie? Was it difficult? Mm, not really, because I've I've kind of had it in my mind for a while. Um... The only difficult thing was kind of um, coming to a decision about where the ones at the bottom kind of lie in, in what potential order. Um, but, um, I mean, in terms of the, the top ones, it's been the same like that for a couple of years now. For me, I think seven through ten are kind of a little bit interchangeable. The bottom one's the bottom one. Uh, although I did have a moment of existential doubt on it along the lines of what I did with Star Trek Into Darkness. In that I, I've gone through decades of like Star Trek V being, certainly to me, a really bad film and, and a little bit amateurish because of its cheapness and, and lots of other things. And when you watch like what is in some ways a solidly made huge budget Star Trek film from the modern era... You just sat there going, surely it can't be worse than Star Trek V. I must have that wrong. And I, I did have that debate about one of the new films. Um, and in the end, we'll obviously see where it ended up. What about you, Becca? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I found this really hard. Um, so It's similar to the Bond movies, I guess. Like I know what my top three, four are. And probably what my bottom two are. It's similar to Chris. It's got, you know what your top ones are. You know what your bottom ones are. Anything in the middle kind of changes. But then anyone who listened to Bond rankings know that with me, it does change around quite a little bit. Um, Except our ranking show, which was definitive listeners. We're not undermining it. <laughs> <laughs> I was I know what my bottom one is. I know what my top one is. But yeah. no, I'm still kind of, even as I speak now, I'm still formulating um, around the... What have I got? I've got two films that are potentially around the sort of five or six mark. Um, so I'll, I'll be messing up there when we come to it. Um, yeah, I find this quite difficult, to be honest, especially as, you know, we've got new films, new, a, new, um, a new series yet to come. 
Um, but no, we'll, we'll just go along. So I apologise for any wrong answers or any controversial opinions. But yeah, I, I just found this quite difficult, unfortunately. Yeah. Just a reminder to anybody listening, we don't we haven't taken a lot of abuse for our rankings episodes actually, which has surprised me because it is inherently it's nice yeah, it's not a thing you do. No, but, <laughs> but, people don't care but yeah, people just like, remember yeah, this is light entertainment. If I put a film near the bottom, you've got near the top. You know, so what? I'm fucking nobody, nor are any of us. <laughs> it doesn't really so, matter. It, uh, it, it's an opinion. Yeah, the it's, other it's, it's not going to like It's that's all it is, and it, it's just it made me laugh with one of our shows where we we and it was one of our longer shows. I won't say which one, um, but we ran for nearly three hours on this show, being quite negative about a particular film. But in close to three hours, you are likely to make very very detailed cases as to why, particularly as you talk through every fucking scene of the film. <laughs> And then someone comes on YouTube and writes, like, one paragraph telling us we're wrong. Like, three sentences. And I think, what's the best you think's going to happen there? I read your three sentences and go, fuck me, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, So, yeah, Star Wars has quite an unpleasant fandom at the moment, if I'm honest. Uh, Certainly the ones that are most vocal. Um, But bollocks, I don't care. Hopefully we can change that with our pleasant views. Oh, most of the people listening to this are lovely, and the biggest Star Wars fan I can think of who's listening to this is lovely. So the, mm. the, most people who are <clears throat> across this are not included in that. We are quite lucky. Yeah. So who's the biggest Star Wars fan? Charlie. I'm not named. Thank you. <laughs> the biggest one listening to this, unless you're counting yourself as a listener. While well, technically I am listening to this as well. Yes, yeah, Charlie enjoys <laughs> that unique position. All oh, right. Anyway, yeah. just, uh... I'm wearing earmuffs and just guessing. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> um, right. So, as per previous uh, times we've done this, Chris, take us away. Okay. So, uh, all right, pop pickers, here we are at uh, at number eleven. Uh, what's uh, what's? Uh, shall I start first? Yeah. I, I've, my number eleven is clones. Attack of the clones. Uh, yeah, it's probably the one that had probably the most potential to be uh, good, but is at the end of the day, it's just really fucking dull. You know, uh, by both measures. Uh, I don't know, has is is anyone picked clones as their uh, least favourite? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. For, for me, like, clones and Phantom Menace, they're kind of they're at the bottom firmly. It's interchangeable. So, But they're, they're all the way down the bottom. Well, clones is the most boring that's the thing and and and, and, and you think about the, the potential that that story had you know you, you know I, I i think about you know just the, the great score that john williams did for that film you know the you know that the love theme it had it's yeah, like that's, the stars is still it's, beautiful. it's almost like it's it, 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 you almost like feel like it it comes straight from the original trilogy itself and you just think, oh wow, what what a great iconic feat! I would so film that is just so fucking bland. It's 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 a, it's a real shame, but yeah, clones clones it is. It's uh, it's, well, it's it's the one with the most potential and, and delivered the least. So I mean, I'll, I'll I'll pick up from there. I mean, we're going to talk about second chapters and trilogies as we go through this show, and this is not only the it's the worst second chapter; it's the worst in the series for me. Um. When we reviewed it and, and were trying to be positive, there was some nice design in it. There's some, yeah. you know, almost like Art Deco look at the start of the film. 
but just nothing about it works. I mean, our central character is an utter fucking piss pot. And, um, you That's know, going in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, all right, then I'll say, I'll say it again. <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're fundamentally following someone we don't like who just glowers all the way through it in a kind of comedic way. It's a bit like when a kid's pissed off and, you know, a toddler and wants to show you and they just scrunch their face up a bit. Um I remember the that scene, that chase scene of Obi Wan, and it basically played as if, like, you know, uh, I know a couple bickering, like, oh well, we've lost now, aren't we? <laughs> well, I th- again, I think that was a bit of a reaction to the first film because yeah. they were saying there wasn't a lot of um, playfulness in that first film, not between those two characters particularly, but because obviously he was a, a child in the first one. That'd but... be dodgy if there was more playfulness between. <laughs> what? Like, they sharing a beer and some sex jokes with a nine-year-old, <laughs> yeah, um, but. <laughs> so what's your favourite sexual position, young man? <laughs> so anyway, right. um, Be there, play moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you? Uh, the thing is, so Anakin, have you ever, uh, <laughs> ever watched old gladiator, gladiator movies? Oh, it's just reminded me. Was it Police Squad? Uh, the, the guy, the guy who ran the lab. He was always like, "Have you ever seen a gentleman's penis, Timmy?" <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I thought that. I mean, I watched this film, and I, it was one of the ones I rewatched. In fact, I think I rewatched all of them, uh, bar one, which I'll get to because I had sound problems with it. Um, and I just thought that I looked at it and thought, yeah. at this point, George Lucas had been married once for quite a period of time and was not far away from marrying again. And yet you look at it and go, George, have you got any idea how couples talk to each other at all? If you follow your thoughts through to conclusion, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, I wish that I could wish and all the rest of it. And then it builds towards the this sort of big action sequence on Geonosis when all the Jedi turned up. And it was just my problems with the film in a microcosm because I didn't care about anyone particularly. The, this One of the centerpieces of the start of the scene is like, fan service in like a Boba Fett rip off his dad obviously uh the CG as didn't look good then it, it looked very video gamey and this action sequence is going on and and I don't care and all these lightsabers are out and I'm thinking you know that was something special in the original trilogy and it's not now the thing that's going to put it below some of the things that are above it is just its stiffness as well. People just standing or sitting and just explaining the plot to people in the most monotone voice possible. So for once, Star Wars wasn't fun. And the opening action sequence, the, the one Chris referred to, well, they can fall any distance and they're not hurt, you know, and all this sort of thing. So it's zero stakes. I didn't enjoy this at all. Yeah, it's pretty much the same, really. As I say, I've got... Um... Which one have you put last? Oh, let me just get my list up. I, I kind of got like Phantom Menace and Clones at like oh, you know right at the bottom, number twelve and number eleven. Um, are they joint got... or are they for you? Or are they? Uh... Which one oh. do you want to talk about first? I've got yeah, I've got Phantom Menace actually at number eleven um, fine, and Clones fine. and Clones at number ten. Spoiler alert. Oh, um, well, talk about uh, talk about. Um, uh, it's up to you what you want to talk about. Then tell us about the Phantom Menace because you put it last. No, it's just obviously it's meant to be kind of like a starting point kind of where it all begins but it's just it has a similar problem like for me um as as clones really is there's so much potential but it's just really clunky dialogue um obviously i know george lucas with the whole thing with the effects he obviously wanted to make this giant overarching franchise but obviously had to wait for technology to catch up um and now probably many many years on it starts to look a little bit clunky now even even you know more so than 
when you know the, when the series really started back in the 70s and 80s um we still did dialogue clunky characters but i would agree with you and um like clones for example when you know the genosis battle it's just it has so much potential and it's just this really incredible set piece um it just falls flat and that there's so much going on it's quite difficult diff- well for me <laughs> difficult to concentrate as to what's going what what's going on um and like for the first film for example the um like the, the pod race is probably like the, the saving grace it's you know really amazing set piece but that's all the film has got going for it really which is just as i say such a shame uh, it's meant to be kind of setting up this whole you know really incredible saga but it just kind of falls flat unfortunately but yeah so i've kind of placed clones and phantom menace at, um right at the bottom of the pile sadly Okay, so we've, we've sort of covered your number 10 as well then, so that's cool. Yeah, sorry about that one. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. One, one fell swoop, tar him up with the same brush. <coughs> Charlie, what's uh, what's your uh, least favourite Star Wars movie? Yeah, mine's, mine's clones. I don't know, I don't, I'm not going to say it's my least favourite, because I don't know if it is, because I, I like all of these films, and, and I do like Attack of the Clones as well, and I think there are some, some bits that I, like, that, that I genuinely like. I think the the whole Obi Wan Kenobi subplot is is great, um, and I think some of it works really well. I think the last kind of last half an hour or so is really amazingly put together, and there's some amazing editing there as well. And it's just really got a great rhythm, um, and yeah, a lot of it kind of falls down and, and kind of ruins it as well. Um, so yeah, I, that, that's that's my bottom. Um, yeah, pretty much the same as everyone else, really. Okay, so uh, we know what Becker's number ten is, which is uh, clones. Uh, what's uh, what's your number ten? Is it? I think mine. Go first, actually, simply because he was a bit shortchanged on that one because yeah. we'd said it. Think... Oh, that's yeah, sorry, sorry about sorry. that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I kind of dilly dallied on which what should. I mean, it is Phantom Menace at ten because um, I wasn't sure if it should if it should be that or not, and. I don't know, because the thing about Phantom Menace is that it does for me, it has an emotional effect on me. So, and it's, it's well, again, the the shortcomings of that film are much less than clones. Um, so I can happily watch it. And there's, there's still several things which, which cause it to have an emotional effect on me. Um, so I like it as a film. Um, I think the a lot of the effects work on it is outstanding as well. And um, especially the model stuff as well. And I think that's the thing about the prequels is there's a lot of stuff there where I think a lot of people would be hard pressed to um, pull out whether it's a model or whether it's CG. Because um, the CG thing is kind of gets stupid anyway, where people say, oh, yeah, CG's ruining films and all this. And half the time they didn't have a clue what CG. Um, but yeah, Yes, Phantom Menace is my number ten. I think with the Phantom Menace, you're, you're absolutely right. With uh, I mean, the crowd at the uh, at the pod race it was a big model and and so on. I think with CG on this, I've always been a CG defender, and I think part of the reason was that you're you're conflating, or a lot of people are conflating the end result with the with the technique. Full stop. Mm-hmm. And I think CG fell into like heavy use a long time before it was really ready and so that's probably why you know um the star wars special editions have aged so badly in places because 1997 cg budget you know cg wasn't amazing yeah yeah so i think it was one i mean i remember like the first time i watched it i loved it 
but it, again, I think it's uh, it's just diminished over, over the years and the kind of like sort of so, you know so, some of the things that just make you cringe over like Phantom Menace, uh, like you know this is pod racing, you know. I don't, you know, I actually think don't think Jake Lloyd is that bad. Um, I don't. You know it, but. It, it, it again, it's it's the lines and the direction he, he's been given, you know, like you know, like, are you an angel and shit like that. Uh, but you know, at the end of the that day, that was their test scene as well. <laughs> you see the kids <laughs> testing, and that was the test scene. That was obviously the one that said, you know, give them that. That's like the best scene. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. If you got it at number ten as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Menace is my number ten as well. Um, I mean. The one thing that probably does play bring up bring up though, you do have the Duel of Fates fight. Uh, you know there are elements of it, and there is a, there's uh, you know maybe it's a sense of nostalgia as well because I do remember like it at the time um, it did really feel Star Wars is back. So there, it it does have that for it as well. Um, maybe also there's an element element of you know it it has less of an impact than say clones might have you know yeah. so it's it's okay to like kind of not uh do so much this time around but by clones where you I mean you start a, yeah I, I think it's a purer film now let me talk about it when i get to it it's but i, I must expand on that a little bit i think it's a purer film than attack yeah. of the clones but i'll get to why when when i get to it i'm sorry goat <laughs> folks we're gonna have to stop there because uh, sean black has just tweeted to say uh, middle three great prequels okay last three crap well i haven't <laughs> seen the last one but it sounds like it is by the sound of your review there saved you a couple of hours uh yeah okay oh sean yeah so um oh, pointless now <laughs> <laughs> thanks sean Bye. okay so i have come i have put the phantom menace strong uh, strongest of the four of us because my number 10 is the rise of skywalker oh. <laughs> what <laughs> I'm only um, joking, of it's one of those a little bit like it, it's like i don't know if i said this on air or off air i think i said it off air before we started i, I had the same sort of debate in my mind with a different outcome um when we were doing the star trek rankings because you you go and watch star trek into darkness and because it's um big flashy fucking huge budget big names etc you sort of look at it and think it can't be as bad as star trek 5 surely star trek 5's got those awful effects and shatner overacting and they're dressed like they're in the boys brigade and they get to the center of the universe and god in about two days and oh god and actually the more I thought about it and listened back to my review, it was the film that most exercised me, most most angered me. And I think that's true of Rise of Skywalker when I start talking about some of the, the Star Wars films. Attack of the Clones has an awful stiffness to it, terrible dialogue, dated visuals, quite poor performances, although we know why. Um, and I also felt like, this is a bit of a sort of hint to what I'm going to say when I get to The Phantom Menace, I also thought with Attack of the Clones that there was a lot in it that was a reaction to the episode one being called Boring. And so you've got that whole video game sequence in the foundry, which is just awful and pointless and full of stupid jokes. The Rise of Skywalker is, is better played. It's a better played film in that uh, one thing you can say for J.J. Abrams, whether it's just good casting or what, I, I don't see many bum performances in his films at all. I think he, he gets good performances out of even children if you go and watch Super 8. Um, but it's a film plotted about fucking five minutes at a time. It's a film that feels focus group to death. It might just be that they they rushed it. I don't know, 
but you know something happens and five minutes later it don't matter and then something else happens and five minutes later it doesn't matter they go off to do something and then it turns out what they went there to do was a bit pointless um you bring back the emperor and it just ruins the original trilogy for me and i mean that i think the the in a way the prequels never did the rise of skywalker has damaged the original trilogy permanently for me and now the force awakens had um things that are not undid the original trilogy but you go oh that wasn't a lasting win but you think well they had decades of peace but when you bring the emperor back as well I'm now sat watching at the end of re- watching the end of Return of the Jedi, and I'm thinking, well, your marriage broke up. He was a bit of an asshole, you know. Oh, and the Emperor come back, so this isn't even a fucking win, is it, really? Um, so I really, really, really hated this film, and the the more I saw it, and the more I thought about it, the more I hated it. It's damaged the entire Star Wars saga for me. Doesn't mean it's ruined it, or I'll never enjoy a Star Wars film again. I'm not saying that but it is irrevocably damaged how I will look at this whole suite of films now. And I think it's, I think it's, it's bordering on the absolute fucking incompetent. So rise of Skywalker at number 10 for me. Yeah. So it's going to be a problem is when you bring back, uh, the emperor, you're always going to sort of damage the impact that you have in Jedi by the end of Jedi, isn't it? You're always going to sort of, you know, you're always going to sort of, uh, you know, sort of undermine, the, the sacrifice and you know for that Vader gave and uh, and 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 Luke Skywalker's victories you know do you know what I mean you always go sort of you know dice with the trouble there so I don't know why they thought <coughs> I know let's bring back Palpatine but... I know I know with no real explanation of any of it <laughs> um, but it just showed me it showed me this is now I've always been very positive about Disney in the um, I mean, not not necessarily as a corporate entity or whatever, but I just mean if a product I like goes to Disney, I tend not to panic because they've done reasonable work with Pixar. I know there's been a few more sequels and stuff, and Toy Story 4 was a problem for me. But the year before, they did The Incredibles 2, which I thought was very good, and they did Coco, which was wonderful. So, um, And their stewardship of sort of the start of this era seemed pretty good. Now, I don't know if the problem is J.J. Abrams, uh, release schedules, Lucasfilm, specifically Kathleen Kennedy or Disney. And time will tell. You know, when the next Star Wars film comes along, I'll be there and it, and it's possible they will improve from this. But this is like a parody of the sort of problems you get with that sort of corporate safety first attitude and immovable deadlines. Yeah. So, so I take it Menace is your number nine in the rankings. Nope, Solo is my number nine in the rankings. Oh, okay. Um, oh. This, this one was. This is. Uh, snap, right. Well, uh, I'll tell Sorry. you what. I'll, 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 I'll speak <laughs> This is very messy. I'll, I do apologise. Right, no, I'll be a little bit briefer on this then because I want to hear what Becca says about it. For me, I think I'm angrier. It's it's almost a it's a good I'm glad you chose me next actually because it's a follow on from a lot of what I've just said that I just think this was a sign that was a studio that or. Again, I don't know who's to blame. My my feeling is probably Disney, but I don't know. There's many, but it's, many, it, you know, it's just, in the kitchen. It's just a, a complete fear to move forward. And this just uh, whole culture based in nostalgia. You know, I know amongst the four of us, there's disagreement on this, but I never wanted a fucking Boba Fett film, you know, and stuff like that. I don't want 
let's see them when they were younger. Let's see, you know, let's see them when they were kids. Let, let's find out how he was called Han Solo. I don't give a fuck. Honestly, he's just, he's called Han Solo. I don't care. It sounds vaguely like a play on wanking. So what? <laughs> right? Um, so I was pissed off they were making this. I just thought Rogue One was much... All right, Rogue One was in the gaps of the original trilogy in some ways, well, it was before the first film. But I thought that, like, it had a a new spin on how to do a Star Wars film. And, it, and it, you know, this film had no emotional stakes for me at all. It's, it's romantic relationship. Who gives a fuck? He ends up with Leia anyway. Um, the whole uh, appeal of the character is Harrison Ford, I'm sorry. So Arden Alcom, you know, Alcom Riker, whatever he's called, did a good job. He was fine, but I didn't care. And this is not the sort of pandering shit I want a studio to be making if they're going to bring Star Wars back. Have some balls. And hence my ninth and tenth placed films are films that are fundamentally cowardly. Becca, what do you think of Star Wars? Um, quite similar, but I'm not as angry as you. <laughs> I'm not angry either. I'm trying to entertain people. <laughs> Go on. No, it's just one of those things. It did seem like a bit of a stopgap movie. I was like, okay, while we're bringing out this, we're just going to bring you this. Um, I mean, I don't. It's, it's a difficult one because it doesn't. It did receive a lot of hate, which I, a lot of it was largely undeserving. That's just my, my opinion. Um, it's like not too amazing, but um, I'll say yeah, performances are really great. Um, it's good to see the camaraderie between Solo and, and Chief, for example. It's interesting to know like how they meet. But yeah, I didn't give a toss about his name. It was like, that's his name. That's fine. He's an iconic character. Um, it, I thought it was a little bit kind of too long. Um, but for me, kind of the saving saving grace would be Donald Glover. It's just legendary. And it's interesting to see that kind of that classic scene about sort of the winning losing of the Millennium Falcon. I think that was pretty cool. Um, see, the end result wasn't terrible, was it? I really... You, no, you, it's, you it's just said that and I thought, kind of, yeah, I enjoyed that. Along the way. I think I'm um, more angry that it exists than what the end result is like, if you know what yeah, I mean. It's just, but, yeah, it's just, you don't really need it in the franchise, but it's it's fun. Um, I do remember through that whole train heist sequence, I was bored shitless, and there was actually nothing um, fundamentally wrong with the action sequence. And I think that might just be a bit of a problem of prequel storytelling. I don't know. Like, well, it's maybe, we, yeah, just a bit of prequelitis. All right, who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah just suffering from a case of prequelitis, so... But that's why I placed it at my number nine spot. Charlie, what's your... Have, have you done your number ten, Charlie? Sorry, I completely... Is, it, is yours, Menace? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, Sorry, Charlie. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's your number nine? We could be doing this in a more organised way, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, my number nine is um, Rise of Skywalker. Oh. And, um, again, I kind of... There was the, the three at the bottom, Phantom Menace, Tech of Clans and Rise of Skywalker, that are kind of a triangle where I wasn't sure where any of them, where they would actually go. Because one thing I can say for Phantom Medicine and Zekla Claims is that the, the the main narrative thrust of the story is intact. With Phantom Menace, you get the whole thing of how Palpatine, because it's Palpatine's story, so he's moving all his pieces and he's got the uh, the Jedi where he wants them. And then we, with Attack of the Claims, Again, he's moving everything around. He's got all the clones together. It's all that narrative through line is there. And, and I know this has been a criticism of the sequel trilogy as a whole, but with Rise of Skywalker, there's no consistency from The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi to that film. So 
everything just because they've brought back Palpatine and they've changed what they've gone back on stuff with Ray and Kylo Ren's really different and it's kind of this it's it's just it doesn't fit so that just kind of really puts a mark against it and also it's just you know a lot of it just just really doesn't work and there's like 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 Dave said, the, the casting's really good and, and the acting works fine. I mean, it's even the... He rips off the end of Return of the Jedi Special Edition yeah. when he's shown the scenes around the galaxy of the Star Destroyers yes. falling yeah. out of space and stuff. It's yeah. like, he's just... Yeah. And, Which makes no sense, by the way, because they're friends uh, once, but anyway. Yeah. And then... <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah, just about to increase their uh, fleet 10,000 fold or whatever. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. Go on. Ripping off the end of Return of the Jedi. And then, and then, and then, he takes Luke and Leia's lightsaber to a place that she'd never ever been. She had no connection with. Luke hated. Um, Luke's parent, Luke's uncle died there. Um, Luke's grandmother died there. And it, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to put these these lightsabers here. And then, oh, look, we end up at the twin suns again. Wow, it's rhyming. But it's not, because, yeah, so it, that's my number nine. It's but the then pop- it could be number 11. Yeah. It's it's my, um, Skywalker is my number nine as well. Uh, the problem with JJ is he's, uh, he's very good at starting things, but he isn't very good at continuing things because he doesn't really have... I've got a feeling that JJ doesn't really have that much original thought when it comes to sort of continuing on the story. Um, but, you know, hence why we still end up with the two, you know, the two sons and Tatooine again. Um, but, you know, and, and, and again, like, you know, let's just like have more Star Destroyers, but with, you know, Death, Death Star Ray, laser guns and uh, bring back Palpatine and all this. Um, yeah, I, I mean... To be fair, I was thinking about maybe this being higher than it was, just because it, I, I, I quite enjoyed my time with it. But you know that could, in fairness, be like you know, it's it's you know, unwrapping the the thing of a new toy. You you, you sort of you're a bit more enthusiastic first time round than you would be if time settles on and objectively looking at it, it isn't a particularly well made film. And I think like the the the, the films. Uh, the head of this are are actually uh, films. Yes, actually well, together as a fucking film. Well, yes, yes, there there is that. So uh, yeah, I, I put um, Skywalker. Uh, it's at number so nine. similar. It is so similar to Into Darkness in that way, though. I mean, I, I definitely, I think Into Darkness is a worse film, by the way. <coughs> but when I first watched this, I was angrier than I was after the first viewing of Into Darkness. But with both, I was like disappointed. And then over the years, well, not even years, I don't think about Into Darkness that much at all these days, but certainly over the weeks that followed and when it came out on home release and that, the more I thought about it, the worse it got. And that's the same with this. You look at it and it's new and it's shiny and everyone's doing pretty good work. You know, the acting's pretty good and the effects are all seamless and it looks great and it's Star Wars. And and the moment you start thinking about J.J. Abrams' plots, they fucking fall apart. Yeah. And I think what makes it worse is you think about potential where you could go with what else you could do with the story. Do you know what I mean? What else you could have done? 
but you, instead you kind of just kind of retread and go and do a bit of fan service and it's just you know a bit disappointing at the end of the day the the, th- the thing is and and you see the difference between Ryan, Ryan Johnson and JJ Abrams is Ryan Johnson asks difficult questions of his characters and JJ Abrams doesn't yeah yeah that's true and that's, true. that's where because again that's that's where why Kylo Ren and Rey were left in such a great position in The Last Jedi. And it's kind of, you didn't know where they were going to go. And then it's kind of, it went to a simple... Whereas, um, well, Kylo went back into action figure fucking archetype mode. Exactly, put yeah. his mask back on. <laughs> like, the, I think I think the, probably the biggest... Uh... The, the biggest, uh, well, I should say, like, the, the, the mistake or, you know, or fatal move it made was retreating, retreating back, whereas regardless of what where you stand with The Last Jedi, you know, you have to move forward with it. it does, you know, you, you, you do have to continue on. You can't uh, just go, you know, nope, four and a half hours into a franchise, nope. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's just like, well, you know, you have to kind of like, all right, well, here's where we are, let's move forward. You can't just sort of just go back it it, it, it it is the ultimate faux pas you should never do that um so that's probably the, the, you know uh the ultimate mistake it made so we're we're over a quarter of the way through our list and none of us have mentioned the last jedi i can feel the anger coming soon up. coming uh, soon is it really okay all right Me, unfortunately okay. it's coming soon Okay, put it wherever you want, but I'm just amazed none of them put it in the bottom three. When you think what, like it's um. Well, let, let's face it. Yeah, I mean, let, let's face it. Like you know, clothes are menace. Come on. <laughs> yeah, they're solidly on the bottom two. Well, not for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, clearly. Apart from that. And you know what? Me neither. So. <laughs> uh, well, you put yours in the bottom two. You put you put it at ten. Phantom Menace. No, I mean, oh, I mean, oh yes, yeah, sorry, I thought you saw about Last Jedi. Sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> you said Clones of Menace are clearly not for me. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. But I will go next because Phantom Menace is at number eight for me. Um, I really don't dislike this film. I think the, the biggest flaw with it is it, it is a bit dull. And um, it, it's a little bit too long. And they made the mistake of having Anakin as, as a young boy. And I think the problem when you make him a young boy is you play up the heart-wrenching angle of taking him away from home. And with a better writer, you'd focus on the elements of, is, is this fair? How much can a can a boy of eight or nine have, in you know, Earth terms, have any sort of self-determination about what he wants to do? And he's going into a faith that is effectively, well, I was about to say sexless, but George says they do fuck, but they're not allowed to love each other. So it's like, well, whatever. So basically, casual sex is the creed when you're a when you're a Jedi. But doesn't but, ask questions about Luke. It's like, well, if if Anakin was too old, surely Luke is. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I know, I know. So, well, to be fair, that he did. Yoda does say he's Yoda too old. does say he's too old, but he doesn't. But you'd expect on this trajectory, Yoda to go. You're having a fucking. <laughs> but it's, it's not like they have much choice because. Yeah, I know. But, dead by that point. <laughs> but it but it does raise that eyebrow, doesn't it? There's no like sense of like, well, you know, we're kind of fucked anyway, so let's. Yeah. And I sense the Emperor's in a cave somewhere, so we best get on with this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't dislike the Phantom Menace, though. I mean, the the Jar Jar bits, yeah, yeah, they're shit. The comedy isn't great. The CG is dating, but it's not full of the same sort of visual clutter as Part Two is. And obviously, 
part two is on a lot of planets where they've digitally replaced the sky because it's a different environment and of course that adds to that feeling of it looking really fakey whereas here this is the only one of the prequel trilogy that feels like a, a star wars film as i would have understood it in, in 1999 um lots of problems with it it's not ranking high i mean the, the lightsabers again come on within about a minute um but there's at least an attempt to to start building on the cohesive uh, a cohesive universe as conceived by him so you know the, that senate building is is quite an incredible design inside and out um so i can see what they were trying to do here I don't think it's the best realised of the prequel trilogy, but I do think it's actually the mo the least dated, which is funny because it's the oldest, but this is the least dated. When when it came out and they were saying, oh, there's effects in every single shot except literally one of a vent, um, you think that would just mean it would look horrible now, but it actually doesn't. I think it's the best looking of the original three, and it's the less the least angering it's kind of this high and this low because it's a bit bland yeah but I, I don't hate it anything like its reputation anything like its reputation it's okay it's just a bit boring and they made some erroneous decisions in my view on what they were going to focus on and i'm sorry an eight-year-old actor is never going to like lead a film particularly well that's it for me so phantom menace at number eight yeah i never found jar jar that annoying as well like Jar Jar got a like huge amount of, he kind of became like a joke really, a parody of it, uh, bless him. But um... well, we got we got the film late. I mean, by the time I went to see it, I thought he was going to jump out the screen and shit into my lap or something. <laughs> the, the poison over the character was was pretty bad to say the least, and and we know how that went on to affect Ahmed best. So um, it's disappointing, and and actually, in in drop of standard from one film to the next, it, it is the biggest drop in the. Well, no, it isn't the biggest drop in the series. The Rise of Skywalker is. But, you know, when you think the original series is, are, are all well thought of films with reservations on certainly Return of the Jedi publicly, I mean, you know, in, in public consciousness. Uh, but to, to get this was a disappointment. But what wouldn't anything in 1999 have been a disappointment? Anything. Yeah, true. Expe expectations were high for it, weren't they? Um so, who wants to go next with their number eight? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number eight is Solo. Um, okay. Yeah. I, for the same reason that I enjoy it, but it's there's nothing there that is really kind of... There's nothing there that's essential. Um, so, it's just, for me, it's just a well-made decent film it's because it's, it's kind of a western i enjoy that and uh i found it a lot of fun and i thought yeah uh, I just, I just, it was it was a fun film but nothing more nothing less and so, he did a good job didn't he yeah 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 and and you know there was good chemistry between him and chewbacca yeah, you know, I, I ranked it you know well i've said why i've ranked it so low but i don't want anyone to think it's like um Worthless at all. It's fine. Um, Phoebe Waller Bridges mental robot. <laughs> oh, she's fantastic! Really I totally forgot about her. Brilliant. Yeah. And, I, uh, I, I really thought at one point we were going to alternate saga films forever with these stories. Yeah. And I honestly thought it was going to be the running trope of the stories that we were going to get like an eccentric droid. Yeah, it does seem to be a bit of a trope, <laughs> as you say. <laughs> but no, I totally forgot about her. She is fantastic. 
Yeah, she no, she was really, really good. Um, so yeah, so um, and I really liked the design of the new Millennium Falcon as well. Um, so yeah, wish they, yeah. Wish they hadn't shown us the Kessel Run though. But as soon as they announced the solo project, <laughs> it was like, always oh, going. Yeah, we know yeah, we're yeah. going to get that, and that, that's yeah. the problem, really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's my number eight as well, solo. Um, yeah, basically the same sort of reason. It's, it's absolutely fine. Um, I I'd actually wouldn't mind seeing a, a second film with it with him as solo actually. But um, but as, as of this one, it's it's absolutely fine. It's it's enjoyable. Um, it's inoffensive. But I think that's the thing. It just doesn't stay with you, ultimately. So that's why it's where it is. It's just that it, it doesn't have much of a lasting impact. But while it's on, it's perfectly adequate. And it's actually a miracle, given its production history. We do have to just say yeah. that for anyone who hasn't gone back and listened to the solo episode. It, I don't imagine it will be one of our more people rushed to listen to it episodes just because of what the film is. But I mean. Ron Howard had to do this at breakneck speed, so you know the end result is really. competent. Yeah, uh, you know it, it. It is perfectly competent. A bit like that guy from Twenty Four. <laughs> <laughs> Becca, remember that? Perfectly competent. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay, says the Guardian. It's okay. It's fine. What have you got at number eight? Um, me, I have a number eight. I've got the Rise of Skywalker. Unfortunately. <laughs> Well, that that that's it's got a nosebleed on your because <laughs> I know I feel a bit bad. I was like, where do I put this film? God, I wouldn't care where you put it because a lot of people I feel bad. I feel like I'm gonna upset Charlie. A little bit no, 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 it's fine. It nine. It's only one in it. <laughs> <laughs> and and when is and, and just for anyone listening at home, right? Because you're aware we probably have conversations of offline and stuff, right? <laughs> Charlie's never said anything about Becca's choices. No, I, just I know. Yeah, but I'm, I'm a fan that can see other people's opinions and not immediately go, oh, you're wrong. Mm. <laughs> yeah. like with the Bond movies, I was kind of like not quite in step with, with yourselves and I was just like, well, this is my opinion. Well, that's different on Bond, I was right. But here... <laughs> <laughs> but here. Um, <laughs> Um, one thing, one thing you can say about the rise of Skywalker in terms of its divisiveness is it makes the Last Jedi look like it's got a one hundred percent audience score. Well, this is it. It is a bit of a, of a Marmite film. I mean, sort of massive flaws, but it's also you know really fun film, um, epic lightsaber battle. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of kind of nostalgia. Um, and it's you know as you said, Charlie, there's kind of a lot of like callbacks to sort of previous films, which kind of. I don't know. It's almost if the filmmakers are like, okay, this is a this is a bar, and we're just going to go over the over the you know, problems and plot holes. But it's all okay because of nostalgia. Um, and there's a lot of kind of there is a lot of fan service, but also there's a lot of points in the film where like, okay, we'll set this up, but five minutes later, it, there won't be any payoff. It won't matter. Um, but so you know, had a good time with it. It was okay, and it was it was a way to close out this this chapter of the series. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's one of those films where you can't, you know, have a good time with it, and then you actually think, oh, hold on a minute. But yeah, strong performances all out, and there are quite a few firsts in this film. But for me, it kind of raised more questions than it answered. Um, so yeah, that's why I put it in my number nine. <laughs> no, I didn't. Put it in my uh, my number eight spot. Incredible, Just really. When briefly, you in a nutshell. We've, we've all got it in the bottom four. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of where. So give it. 
we'll do the seven and, and six points and then I think that's where for me it starts falling over yeah get a little bit wobbly so have we all done our number eight we've all done number eight all done number eight now so we're on to our number seven so what's uh Rebecca would you like to start open with your number seven? Oh dear um so <laughs> <laughs> um I put the last Jedi at number seven <laughs> Or I'd already pasted it in back. <laughs> I just knew it. The moment I heard doubt in your voice, I was like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you are far uh, again, the only person on this earth to know this. Sorry, go on. Talk to, talk to us about Last Jedi. Yeah, it's one. It's another Marmite movie. Um, I mean, it's still, it, it looks good. Some, as I say, some really nice callbacks. I was. You know, a lot of the nostalgia in, in, in these later films. I'm not going to lie, you know, you're going to be taken in by it. Um, it's the same with like, later Bond movies, all these callbacks, like the DB5, for example, um, all sort of classic tropes coming in again. I'm sure No Time to Die will be full of them. Um, but, you know, enjoy see it. He, he doesn't love a bit of fan service, especially being a fan of anime as well. Tons of fan service in that. Oh, my gosh. Um as I say, for very much, you know, definitely sort of like a Marmite film, but there's, there's lots to lots to love. But yeah, it did kind of divide the fans down the middle, definitely. Um, then you got like the casino scene, Canto Bite, whatever it was. Um, it was kind of it dragged on a little bit. It was interesting, but at the same time, it dragged on. It was a bit of a MacGuffin, I feel. Um, could really take that part out of the film. Um, but as I say, it looked beautiful, high quality visuals, some great performances as well. Um, but yeah, just a bit of a Marmite movie as far as I'm concerned, and that's in a nutshell what's in my position at number seven. <coughs> I have to excuse me, listeners, I'm at the tail end of a cold, so excuse me if I'm a bit like... Oh, sorry, I've had a cold as well, I think uh, everyone's... Kind of yeah, 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 probably can't sound as sexy and husky yeah. as Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's uh, anyone else with their number seven? It's really, I just want to make the point that it's a cruel trick for nature to play on Charlie, that He's at his sexiest when his health is least able to deal to do anything about it. That's him. <laughs> yeah, anyway, carry but, on. But he can make a rocking blues album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wait for that blues album to drop. Right. Sorry, gone. <laughs> I'll go with my number seven, shall I? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Force Awakens. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I'm being attacked by some of the lights over here. Oh dear. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's 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 a really fun film, and I really really enjoy it, and I love the performances in it, especially um, uh, Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley. And I think that's again that's another reason why I was I kind of rise sky will go up me a bit, but um, and yeah, but it it's just kind of I don't know, it's 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 kind of fun, but it it doesn't necessarily have again going back to that emotional content. That's that's how I really to define these things, um, especially with Star Wars, and yeah, it just it it doesn't have that as much as it need, maybe needed me to be successful. And again, because I mean, yeah, it does follow some of the, the kind of marks of the previous films, and certainly A New Hope. Um, but um, I mean, it's it's. It's great because of Daisy Ridley. She kind of, her and Adam Driver kind of make the film. Um, so yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, again, the, this is where I'm getting to a point on my list where I like all of these films. It's just 
what whether I liked him as much as the others. And yeah, Force Awakens is there. Dave, what's your number seven? Number seven for me, Revenge of the Sith. Now, I was really debating whether to put this or Phantom Menace higher. Now, the, genuinely, because um, Revenge of the Sith brings all the sort of story that they're trying to develop in the prequels to a conclusion. Uh, the performances are broadly a little bit better than Attack of the Clones. I think like they've partly they've grown into their roles, partly, like I say, I think Lucas was a lot more uh, responsive to like fan criticisms than he would ever admit to. Um, so dialogue was a little bit better and stuff like that. My biggest problem with this film is it, it's just an enormous rubbery fucking rush. I mean, whenever I think of this film, I think of the Emperor's fucking face. It's just, it's just, it's just <laughs> looks Good. horrendous. It, you know, it, when you got when you got a full look at him in the new film, it's better. I mean, you know, it just the the, the the makeup, the the opening act of the film. Just all I see in my head is a load of like purple and green from the CG around the sort of fights and Sidious and uh, not Sidious. Um, Dukes. Oh, yeah, uh, not Dooku, the other one. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Greeks, yeah. Sorry, I suddenly blanked on his name. And, you know, so we've got a whole first act of the film that's like a rescue for the Emperor that we fucking know is evil. And I think that's the one thing I've not mentioned in these prequels so far. I mentioned them in the reviews, but I've not mentioned it here. That the biggest problem with the prequels is their IQ takes a fucking nosedive over the original trilogy. I'm not saying any of them were high art, but like. From the moment you put that, everybody would, even if you've never seen a Star Wars film, you would work out that was the Emperor quite quickly. Maybe not the first film, but certainly by the second. You know, you know, you know what's going on. Um, I, I think all but the youngest kids would work it out in the first one. But, you know, from where you do see uh, Sidious, the voice is just too similar and stuff. But certainly by the second one, it's really obvious. And so the whole first act of the film is is like a whole rescue mission for someone we know is evil, but the film is trying to play that he might not be or that he isn't actually, full stop. Then Anakin's turn is in a fucking moment and he, he's killing kids five minutes after he was like there to, you know, get the you know emperor arrested. Um, uh, but, oh, I, yeah, so the visuals are a big, big problem with this film. I, I actually think... This is probably the most dated of the three. It's bizarro world that these films have sort of dated in release in reverse order. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I said clones was. I don't know because when I think of Geonosis, that's that's pretty bad as well because of the sky and the, all the clones being like digital and stuff. But I've just slagged a film off. I've just ranked quite high, and and the reason I ranked it fairly high though is. It, it was the first film in that prequel trilogy, trilogy to really feel like it had any stakes. Um, we knew how it was going to play out. It's a prequel. Uh, I think I would give massive credit to John Williams' score. I think, you know, Battle of the Heroes stands out as, as the better battle over Duel of the Fates. And they're both wonderful bits of music, but there's more emotion in it. And it's less like a choreographed dance than the, than the first one, although it is still somewhat that. Um, I just like it a lot more, but we're, we're I've, I've sort of... I'm still really, and it, it, it's a fundamental problem with Star Wars for me now, actually, that I rewatched all of these and I, there were so many of them I wasn't enjoying. I'm now at number seven out of 11 and I'm still at films I don't particularly like, if I'm absolutely honest. Um, I, I struggle with Revenge of the Sith now because it's so fucking ugly because the CG's dated so horribly. And again, we're following a lead character who's a petulant twat. He's better than he was in Attack of the Clones, hence it's ranked four places higher. But yeah, this is... Um, 
I, I was positive about the Phantom Menace because I think it deserves less uh, pain than it gets than it gets given. Um, I'm being harsher about this film because it, even though I've ranked it higher, because at the time people were saying it's the one of the prequels that gets in and amongst the quality of the original trilogy and not for me. That's, that's my number seven, Revenge of the Sith. Okay, uh, looks like we all got a different answer because well, mine's Rogue One. Okay. Um, it's just simply because I think it's a film that is uh, its best part is it's it's a last act basically. I think it I think it kind of it struggles to get going. Uh, but the what's what's good about it is that the last act is is that strong. Uh, it's it's the only time where the the, the stakes happen. Stakes seem to. You know, it seems to have stakes. You have uh, the, the the Vader scene. It has a nice sentiment, sentiment, a nostalgic um, thing at the end with Leia. Um, but up until that point, I kind of struggle to really care about anyone on, on the screen, and it just feels a bit sort of a bit sort of you know grey, a bit kind of drab. Um, not 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 terrible, but just I just feel like I just can't really get it get into it until as you say the the final act of the film uh, but yeah um that's my number seven it's rogue one uh so i'll i'll continue on with uh, my number six which uh is slap bang in the middle um uh, last jedi i put it there because um well it is probably the most divisive Star Wars film, I would say, so I thought, let's put it slap bang in the middle. <laughs> people people love it, people hate it. Fair I'm, enough, I'm, that's, I'm, that's I'm a nice, gonna, nice move. Um, so, and... Basically, if you wanted to listen one, to one minute of our entire canon uh, since we've started recording this show, that, that one minute has come closest to describing Chris's, Chris's personality in a nutshell. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is Chris to a T. All well, about put, it, put it right in the centre. <laughs> All about balance, yeah. Yeah, well, you bring balance to the fore. <laughs> well, the problem is, well, the thing is, and I think, and I did think about thinking, like, am I just being like, you know, am I just being like, kind of like, you know, conscious jazzy or saying, oh, well, you know, it's divisive, so I'll just stick it in the middle. Partly, yes. But also, when I think about it, there are things in it that I really do like, and I can see the, just how well directed, uh, how well made. Uh, it has something new to add. But at the same time, you know, it, I, I, there's other things in it which I don't like, or I think that could have been done better. Largely, that's stuff that that could have been done, should be thought about as a whole. You know, you think about the, the you know, the whole new trilogy. But ultimately, is it the worst Star Wars film? No, far from it. Um, it's it, it's it's too well made for that. And um, and in the light of. Uh, Rise of Skywalker, uh, you know, at least it's original. So for that, I'm putting it slap bang at number six. Um, I probably would have it higher actually, but um, I'll talk about the next film. But uh, yeah, for me, uh, Last Jedi is a because uh, it's comfortably right bang in the middle. So what's everyone else's number six? Rogue One for me. Yeah. I I really did. So we're kind of similar, really, and kind of yeah. Like I, I I didn't know whether to put this or Force Awakens higher, and I think Rogue One is again. Social media is always a poor barometer of anything, but the one film that does seem to be like 
universally praised by those who haven't enjoyed the, the Disney era seems to be Rogue One. You get an awful lot of whether they were terrible, although Rogue One was all right, or I like Rogue One, or except Rogue One. And actually, I could... I don't really know where to put it in some respects in that I complain about the series relying on nostalgia, but there's a lot of that in this as evidenced by one of the very last scenes in the film. That's just, you know, people want to see Vader swinging a fucking lightsaber around and stuff. And the whole thing is, is filling, you know, is, is telling us something of the crawl from the first film. But the third act, oh, but the the, the 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 reason it's this high is the third act is that good and that attractive. I can't remember where they filmed it. I think it was the Maldives or something. But it, it's mm-hmm. based. It, it's a it's a new sort of visual environment. They've managed to like incorporate nineteen seventies characters pretty seamlessly. I struggle with the Tarkin CG, but I have no moral issue with it because a the estate signed off it off on it, and b they're not suggesting it is Peter Cushing. So it was it was nice. It picked up some of the style of the first film in that's the sort of seventies fashions. We saw a farm on the sort of um environment that was like Tatooine, but almost like, you know, almost like black sand or something. It was a bit like, you know, Tenerife or something compared to sort of golden mm. beaches somewhere else. The downside of this film for me is I can see two things. I can see some of the stitches. I can see some of the bits where I think you've reshot that because I think you've had a test screening somewhere and you think you need to show more of that. Um, the character's uh, work is dreadful, in my opinion. Um, I, people who love this film will likely not agree. But again, as some of the archetypes and, and, and actually showing someone Force-sensitive who wasn't a Jedi and stuff like that, I thought it was very smart. And that is starting to expand the sort of language of Star Wars, which I'm always very, very positive about. But I thought, as good as she is as an actress, and I like her a lot, Felicity Jones was a miscast. You know, she's daddy's little girl. She's not, she's not, you know, a tough, I'm not saying she can't play tough characters. She played um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and did pretty good, a pretty good job in a poor film. But I, I just think fundamentally, she's just got the wrong quality about her to be playing that sort of tough rogue rebel type. I just don't think that's her. I think she's uh, a little bit more sort of pristine than that somehow. When I came out of the film, I could name her, I think a few hours later, Cassie and Andor came to me again, and I forgot everyone else's name. So fundamentally, I didn't give a shit, let's be honest. So it was pretty with a very, very strong third act. But that's kind of all it has. So, yeah, Rogue One at number six for me. I'm going to say Snap because it's at my number six as well. Cool. This is kind of where the sort of the four, fifth and sixth places do get a bit wobbly. Um, I was kind of switching between this and another film. Um yeah, the, th- the third act is probably just like one of the most iconic in in the whole series. Um, fills in fills in a lot of the gaps. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I would agree with you, Dave. There's a lot of um, I was gonna say, I forget to believe. I'm not even a word. Um, <laughs> you know, being able to kind of like memorize, remember the character names, things like that. You kind of, you know, many versions died. It's like, well, that's why you have so many. <laughs> that's the third film, though. Exactly, Often but I know we're just saying that's why yeah. you kind of it feeds into that kind of like you don't always know the identity of these people, and you don't need to um, know either. Well, no, this is it. That's why. So, but, um, yeah, who I've interest. I probably asked you this before, but I can't remember. <laughs> who would you cast instead? 
Is there a particular? If I went away and thought about it, I'd I'd come up with somebody else. But anybody I named now will just be a name that just popped into my head without me really giving it any thought. She's not horrendous in it. She just isn't. Yeah. But like, but like, I don't know what casting agent thought. You know, just doesn't seem to have the edge to her. Okay. It's just it, I, she's not bad in it. I do think she's a miscaster. Simple Fair as enough. that. And it just leads to like a lack of. Almost, I'm not quite sure how much thought went into any of these characters, really. Except we need one that's a bit like this and one that's a bit like that. Yeah, you kind of got like character tropes, haven't you? But I think yeah. the anything sort of like character development that's lacking, it kind of makes up in like the 70s aesthetic and fashions and hairstyles. And it's a beautiful film. And things like that. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Um, mm. That's just kind of where it kind of falls down for me in terms of like character development. But it's one of the best looking films in the franchise, and that seems really. Um, really rubbish in terms of my 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 reasons for it um but it's kind of one that kind of fills in the gaps and you kind of know what happens but the um yeah the uncanny valley parts just sort of just take you out of the film a little bit but as as you say as a state did kind of sign off and say oh no we you know give permission for first likeness to be used um and it's quite interesting now the technology has caught up with that and we perhaps can um but again it's one of those things where you think oh should you do it you know is it is it okay um looked a little bit strange you think oh it takes you out the film a little bit um and then see similar effects with, with leo as well used um in the series too it is a little bit um you kind of think oh just takes you out of the film just a little bit but as yeah i would agree with you david kind of very one of the best looking films in the franchise um third act blew everybody away <laughs> definitely um but yeah, yeah kind of it makes up you know for a lot of its shortcomings elsewhere so just charlie to go on the number six <laughs> yeah mine is very good as well oh we're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I really like it. I, I like it all the way through. Um, I think the characters kind of work as archetypes, and I really like it as well because of the representation in the film by Riz Ahmed, and then you've got Donnie Yen, and uh, I can't remember the uh, the other guy who plays bass, his mate's name, Jiang uh, Yan. Um, and uh, Ben Mendelsohn is fantastic in it as well. <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah, no, I just I just think it's a really interesting, different look. I, mean, I think again, I think it probably gets plaudits as well because of where its connection to the original film and where it sits into and in terms of the aesthetic as well. And I think it all fits that in rather nicely as well. And uh, I love some of the stuff in the uh, in the final fight with the acting pilots using some of the footage from the original films and the outtakes and stuff. It looked amazing. Uh, yeah, I think that was really, really, really well done. Um, and again, it's, it's for me. There's there's an emotional kind of kind of ending there for for most of them really. And K2SO is really good. I really enjoy him um, all the way. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my comedically, it's not a million miles away six. from Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. The effect. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, whole, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it, it's based on the same sort of complete lack of social convention. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we've done all the sixes. Yes. Yeah. So we're on to uh, f- number five. Gulp. Uh, who wants to go first? Becca, do you want to go first? Oh dear. Um, oh dear. Why go? <laughs> all my options seem to be prefaced with um, with oh dear. Um, yeah. So I kind of had like so like Last Jedi, Rogue One, Force Awakens, Revenge of the Sith, kind of like. It's changeable, and that sounds really weird. Um, but at number five, I've just put Force Awakens. Okay. Um, it's, yeah, these kind of points were, were a little bit, a little bit dribbly. Um, 
so it's kind of like the main you know big screen return um and i think it was the first one like when disney kind of took hold of the franchise um i think sorry correct me if yeah, i'm wrong no no that was the first um, disney one and it's great to kind of see all the most of the old gang <laughs> return um and it's kind of like a big sort of horror for the series and it's kind of like a great sort of you know it has to be like the re- return to form sort of trying to recapture the old days um i think it's one of the highest performing as well it's the um, highest performing unadjusted yeah so far just a took over two billion exactly so i think that's one of those films that it's kind of we're, we're getting into kind of like classic territory now um but yeah, I think it's kind of crept up and up and up. But I thought I'll just got to bite the bullet and put it at my number five. <laughs> I know that sounds really awful. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those films that's, for me, kind of, is, you know, one of the best in the series and it's really enjoyable and it's great to kind of see, like, the, you know, the, essentially the gang's all here. Um, and yeah, really enjoyable. And that's why it's not my number five, in a nutshell. Yeah, it's uh, it's my number five as well. Oh, um, I felt so, better. No, oh, it, it's It's, I mean, no, 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 no because... Well, I was going through the list, and, and when we get to, now we've gone past a bit, which is basically like the, the, you know, these are films that I haven't managed to rewatch. So I was like, kind of humming and harming about where it's going to be. I was tempted to have Last Jedi above Force because I think probably it's probably a better made film, but I kind of remembered the uh, kind of some of the Phantom Menace. It was a little bit like, oh, nostalgia Star Wars is back, great. Um, and for what I said about JJ about Skywalker, how he you know he doesn't really have much original thought when it comes to continuing on his character characters, he is great at setting things up. You know, he is good at like you know let's get things back on track. Uh, and I I remember the just the sort of like the anticipation of the idea of like a new set of characters and how everyone's everyone. You know, this is like probably post like. You know the shall we say the, the negative parts of social media around Star Wars. Everyone's pretty much excited about where this might go uh, and where these new characters will be going. So, and for that, and and it's nice. It's it's fun. It's it's an enjoyable watch. Uh, yeah, I I I I put it over Last Jedi. That said, um, you could ask me like in six months' time, and I could probably reevaluate that. But for now, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's at my number five. So uh, what, is it mine your, two. I'll, is I'll follow on because um, it, it, Charlie's already mentioned it, so I'll, I will go next because it is the same film. Um, it's probably the most solidly enjoyable of the the, the trilogy uh, for me. Um, I have a long history of likening films to like Goldeneye, and I think this is another one. This is one I did at the time because I just think this is how you do a safety first reintroduction to the series. Now, I've heard people slaughter this film, and I've I've heard I've seen people put it on best film of the decade lists, and I don't understand either because it's just doing nothing particularly original. It is a reskinned episode four. It just is. You can't really argue with that. It is. It's right there in front of you. You know, right from sort of a Darth Vader tribute act, and to you know, to so, you know somebody to living on a Death desert, Star. yeah, yeah, to 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 living on a desert planet and all the rest of it, and sort of wondering what's up there in the stars. But um, it's wonderfully paced. Um, the action sequences have a real kineticism. I mean, actually, when when JJ was doing the Star Trek films, I actually thought when the third film came along, 
that actually knocked some of his action into a bit of a cocked hack, right down to the warp effect and stuff. But his action is really actually very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very fond of some certain tropes, like these crafts flying down corridors and things like that. We see it in Star Trek. We see it in uh, the, these the two he did here. But the, the biggest selling point of this film, and the thing that just puts it over Rogue One for me, is the quality of the characters. I, I, you know, if you wanted to show me a highlight reel of Star Wars, I'd stick Rogue One's third act on it. But The Force Awakens has wonderful characters, perfectly cast, and directed by somebody who just has a track record of getting action, a good, great performances out of people. His entire career, J.J. Abrams, he was the perfect choice for this. They put him with Lawrence Kasdan. And the script works as well. The, the, yes, a lot of it is derivative, but it's, you know, it, it is, you know, new light through old windows. It, it is because it's it's got different characters. They are they are fully rounded ideas that you can take and work with. So the one when I was seeing negativity, you know, a year into the Disney reign, you know, a year into them releasing them anyway, I really didn't understand it because the first the, the one two punch of this and Rogue One actually made me feel like we were in very safe hands. Um, that that sort of didn't last because there was clearly a lack of oversight, as we later found. And this this trilogy has done more damage to to the original trilogy to me than anything else. But in 2015, all was right with the world. And I walked out of this extremely happy. So Charlie, Charlie, what's, uh, what's your number five? My number five is Revenge of the Sith. Cool. Um, Yeah. yeah, Because I, I genuinely really, really, really like it. Um, I think it's, it's full shop higher because there's a much higher ratio of good in the film. So yeah, because of yeah. that, mm. the, the kind of moments where it, it's not so good, they kind of, they maybe stick out more. Mm. But I think at the right time, it's, it's fun, it's thrilling, it's operatic. And Go along with that, definitely. I mean, it, even down to having literally an, al- an analogy for like an opera in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and 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 that final the the, the kind of the final sequence um, where he's intercutting, Anakin, killing all the uh, all the Deceptus and the uh, and Obi Wan and Yoda in the Jedi Temple and Palpatine announcing the Empire. It's just it's amazing, and again emotionally as well. It's just it, it really picks up, um, and yeah, so I, I just really really like it. And that yeah, that's the whole final act of the film. Um, again, even with the kind of nickels and stuff, it's just it's just great. And he's superb at into he's pretty good at third acts. <coughs> Get the dialogue and some of the visuals dating, but just the the rhythm of how he intercut things. And I'm going to sort of part credit him with Return of the Jedi there as well, which I know technically. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But Return of the Jedi is a wonderful third act for the same reason. It just it just constantly moves as you need it to move. And you know, I went to see a film yesterday where a character seemed forgotten for about forty five minutes, and and George Lucas never did that. And no, so Revenge of the Sith is wonder is is actually paced pretty well. I th- I think that's that's the um. Potentially, because George Lucas kind of grew up as an editor, 
because he he always kind of edited. He always spent a lot of time editing when he was making his his student films and stuff, and that was kind of his one of his talents was putting stuff together um, using editing and, and imagery, and I think that's where it kind of comes through as well. Yeah, I nearly mentioned sure. editing, but obviously uh, w- with Marsha Lucas's involvement in the first film, I, I didn't oh, know, yeah. I didn't know what really what to say on that. But if you ever watch listen to an audio commentary, I mean, on the original Star Wars trilogy, it's a composite of different people anyway. But Lucas does talk about pace a lot, and this is where we need to start ramping things up, and you know, and how the first the first act of uh, the first film was was meant to be sort of slow but feel quick at the same time, and he does seem to understand the rhythms of cinema, definitely, and and it, it shows in this film definitely. I just, yeah. I part of me wishes it was just made in a different year almost. You yeah, know, when it, like... it, I I just think that the CG's dated horribly in a way that all CG is going to date to some degree, but what we have now is just not going to date to anything like the same degree when it's done competently. Venom might, to be fair. Yeah, uh, you can kind yeah. of think... Like... Yeah, but again, I... Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, it was a follow-up data. It's, I kind of feel like the natural progression to like further Star Wars sequels at the time that, that George Lucas did this, rather than... like. Rather than you do prequels anytime, can't you? Because you're going to have to recast. Mm. You're going to, ha- you know, you're going to be like fresh set of characters and 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 hire someone younger, um, you know, for Obi Wan and, and 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 whatnot. But um, you think that sort of the time to sort of do sequels was probably back then, and then like the maybe to do the prequels when we have better CGI would be now. But hey. It is, it, it is what it is. I mean, I, I, one thing I will say, and this is funny because Charlie's ranked it highest and I know he had the opposite experience, mm. but I, walk, I walked out pretty happy with it. And I know Charlie was the other way around. But, yeah, yeah. You know, but, but yeah, I walked out happy with it at the time. It did its job at the time, but I, I knew it was going to date horribly yeah. and I knew that it was trying to cram too much in, hence the two-minute turn. Yeah. But yeah. See, that's, I mean, what I was going back to earlier about talking about where with the, the amount of model work in there as well because people associate cg with the prequels um, oh, yeah, yeah. whereas there was more models in the prequels than any of in the original trilogy yes. and stuff like the stuff like the lava in on on mustafar was was all done as as models and uh all done live action and they built the model for the uh, the sinkhole as well on utapa that massive city um, and I think that all kind of integrated pretty well. Yeah, and I, and and Charlie, you're almost certainly right in that you, I would probably point to things, and you would go, "No, Dave, that's a model." But actually, the examples you've given there, uh, Utapau looked wonderful. I, I really was mm. quite happy with that. Mustafa looked absolutely fine. It, it's actually, it's more the first act of the film than anything yeah, else. There I mean, was just something yeah, in that colour palette when they were around Grievous that I just thought that is going to date horribly. Grievous himself hasn't dated very well, and the decision not to build any stormtrooper armour was a mistake. Yeah, I think. But, I think yeah, but I think but Yoda. Better. Yoda. In in in. On the other hand, Yoda looks way better here than Episode Two. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'll follow on with that because my number fourth is Sif. Um, 
I, so this is one of the ones I rewatched because I just found it. I hadn't it. noticed. I hadn't noticed you hadn't mentioned it. It's no. suddenly like, what, Sith? Oh fucking hell! <laughs> yeah, it was one of those ones I like, before I, as well. Oh, is it? Okay, great. Well, yeah, okay, but back. <clears throat> you go first. Um, all of the above. No, it's just one of those things that's kind of for me the the difficult prequel trilogy. I think it's one of the best ones. Um, it's just probably the best Ewan McGregor film <laughs> we've had in the series. Um, but yeah, just, just some, you know, really great battles in it. It kind of looks great. Um, some parts are a bit boring. Um, the kind of the epic battle towards the end did drag on a little bit towards, you know, towards the end for me. Um, but there's still lots to like in it for sure. Um, but again, like these, these kind of positions, I thought, oh, they kind of juggled around a little bit. So they kind of have the um, four, five, and six have kind of have sw- a shot, you know, kind of swapped around. So I've just literally whilst we've been on it that sounds really silly um i've bitten the bullet i'm gonna put them in these positions um i've seen like a lot of other um other rankings that my friends have done obviously now that all the films have come out so far um there has been a thing on social media saying oh yeah rank the movies and they have been obviously in different positions as people's opinions do differ um it's certainly one of the you know the strongest um strongest films that, that joins the dots for sure um, lots, to, lots to dislike. Um, by no means perfect, but lots to like for sure. Uh, but no, Chris, you go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's it one of those ones where I, <laughs> I rewatched it not so long ago because I, I knew we were going to rank the Star Wars movie, so I thought I need to sort of like, just refresh my mind on on, on the, as much as I can, and this is one of the ones I I, I put on because I thought I know I fancied it, um, and I just had a really fucking good time with it. Uh, it's actually rather a lot of fun. Uh, I think a lot, a large part of the the success of the film is basically uh, Ian McDermott as uh, as Palpatine. He really hams it up in a great way. He uh, the way you know the way he delivers his lines, particularly before he gets all like rubbery. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Pre rubber, he's quite yeah. Hard. I mean, you could say like that whole thing where he's watching that weird opera thing with uh, Anakin is pretty. Is pretty note perfect, you know, in terms of like how he, just how he sort of comes across someone who is like manipulating really well. He sort of because you know what's because we as an audience know what's what's going on. We know who he is, and you know what he's doing. You know how he chooses to phrase words with Anakin, and he knows exactly where Anakin is. So he kind of manipulates him to sort of like encourage that sort of doubt. He goes like, oh. I think that's the first point in the film, and in fact, this prequel trilogy that I can think of, that George Lucas would actually admit, yeah, the audience is supposed to know by now that's 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 Emperor, the Emperor. Yeah. But I think you know they played, well, they played this; it was really fucking obvious, you, but they, no one knows. But you, know, it's, you had. It's, you had it's that, definitely obvious now. You had that midway throne bit where he's like meant to be captive, and he's like, you know, when he when he kind of, well done, Anakin, kill him. Well done, kill him now. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Or if you were watching them in, if you were watching them in number order, this is the point where you realise he's evil. Put it that way, because yeah. I know Lucas, yeah, think, inco- oh, yeah. Lucas incorrectly thinks that's the. And I'm sorry, I know he's the creator, but inc- incorrectly, in my view, thinks you should watch it one to six. And if you were to watch it in one to six order, this is the point where you absolutely know he's playing Anakin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um... And it's a great scene. I do wonder about the queue at the toilets watching that water-based shit all night. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, know, you know, some. some the opera house has a lot needs, of like. They might do it they, in other ways. You never they, know. They probably, uh, probably, uh, probably got, the old chairs probably got like potties. You can sort of like just piss in. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say I'm sitting in the right chair. Um, 
But yeah, it's just really enjoyable. I think you know there is a sense of like everything's all just everything's just big, everything's grand. Uh, you know, there is a real sense of like you know with uh, this is it. This is like sort of like the this is it. This is the last one. Let's just give it a good old like heave Come on, let's have it. And uh, yeah, there are like you know crap bits like you know she died of a broken heart or mm. or the you know. Oh, oh, Mr. Skywalker, what are we going to do? That's really bad. I love the fact that I, I don't like somehow plot points. You know, I don't... Some For some reason, we're losing her. All right, brilliant. <laughs> but, <laughs> somehow. Yeah. But the editing gets... The, the editing and cross-cutting of sort of the birth of one and the death of the other actually overcomes a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And also the scene where he's thinking about Palpatine and what he said... And he's looking, looking out, out the, the window, window and, and tear on. He's looking out the window. Yes, yeah. that's amazing. Very, very good. And again, Williams wisely yeah. doesn't do too much with, does he? He just yeah. has that sort of humming kind of. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, it's not one of those that I, I sit and listen to it being put this high and think. Oh, really? I really don't. I, I I get why a lot of people like it, and a, a lot of my problems with it are sort of almost stylistic. But yeah, yeah, okay. Charlie, at four. Uh, at four, Return of the Jedi. Okay. <clears throat> so yeah, um, it's 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 a bit tedious sometimes, but it's great. Um, yeah, again, because it's, it's it reaches really great heights. Um, that uh, some of the other floors kind of pop out a bit. I guess, I guess kind of some of the endor stuff is a bit boring in the middle for me. Um, some of the the Jabba stuff is is great, and even though it's kind of pointless, and that the whole plan thing mm. is just ridiculous. Um, but uh, but um, Luke Luke's journey and uh, Mark Hamill as well is fantastic, and. I think it's great. I think that element of it is great. I just think even down to style decisions with him and stuff like that, you just see the growing of the man and the Jedi. And um, yeah, and um, the father-son stuff is good as well. So yeah, the the, the scene where um, they've captured Luke and they take him to Vader on the platform, um, and you can see there the kind of beginning of Vader's hesitancy. Uh, his uh, what previously was a pretty kind of single-minded um, mission of his, and that's that's kind of a really great scene, um, and that is just really it's kind of the catalyst for the, for the last act of the film, really. Um, and just after that, it's just amazing. And again, the, the way they cross-cut between the, the the land and the space and the throne room is just it's so good, and yeah, it's just. That space battle was not bettered for years. No, perfect. Well, I, Epic space battle. I don't think it has. To, to yeah, be I don't necessarily even mean in Star Wars. I just meant generally. It was like a, an absolutely leading example. Oh, absolutely. Of I, I, I think in, I don't think any space battle in any film or TV series since has come has has beaten it. Hmm. I think yeah. there's definitely been been some, but in terms of the pure kind of visceral excitement. And the quality of the way it was put together mm. as well. Yeah. Um, 
just thinking yeah. about perspectives you know you see sort of you, you see the perspective from the shot sometimes and stuff like that's really good yeah okay. ab- absolutely and and the way yeah. the way kind of it just follows the ships around around the, the fight of the fighters around the big ships and stuff and you think why well, didn't you know how they did that mm-hmm. and the scale and of it as just, well yeah 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 and it, but, but it's still all you can follow it coherently yeah, absolutely. I'm going to cover my four and three sort of together uh, because I'll, I've, I want to follow on. One of them is the, that film, and I want to say a little bit more about it. So my number four is The Last Jedi, and I kind of wanted to put it a bit higher. I really did, and it, it's not to bait anyone who's listening or anything like that. The reason it's as low is I don't actually enjoy it that much. When I first watched it, I, I, I thought it was really funny and things like that. And some of the stuff while it's thematically rich and important to the film some of the stuff when they cut back to luke on the island and and ray actually just sort of almost deflates the film a little bit um and i just yeah i just the snoke stuff i it was good though and i I kind of i didn't really i don't really enjoy re-watching it it doesn't feel very I can see why people sort of don't like it. Those with have decent reasons, you know, it feels less of a piece with a lot of star Wars, but that's its biggest strength. And that's what I like about it because my biggest worry after the force awakens, which I wholeheartedly enjoyed was okay, but now strike out. I know these chapters are meant to rhyme and all that, but that's not an excuse for continually remaking the same fucking films over and over again. Um, and, and actually, uh, Attack of the Clones isn't really that much like The Empire Strikes Back, to be fair. So there's already precedent for like a second chapter being not being similar to another second chapter. Um, what I liked about it was stylistically, I loved it. I loved the fact, you know, that throne room is just beautiful and very sort of samurai and stuff. That's really cool. I loved all the performances. I thought he got a, a wonderful final performance out of Carrie Fisher. Um, I, I really... I bleed for what happened to Poe after this film because I could feel Oscar Isaac going through a journey and growing into this role. And then they kind of wanted their cake and eat it in part three. You can listen to our review for what I said about it there, to be honest. Um, Expanding the palette of what you're basing these things on. They've always come from 1930s serials. So a lot of daring do and all the rest of it. And obviously there's Campalian archetypes in there as well. Um, so there was, you know, some of it was based on sort of Flash Gordon and stuff like that, although that sort of has been a little bit overstated. But like I've said before, the, when the, this film reminds me of the 33s, the Battlestar Galactica episode, where they had to make a jump every 33 minutes to stay away from, you know, the Cylons and certain death. It's it's the opening episode, not accepting the miniseries from 2004 of that show. So uh, they took off kylo's helmet and that sounds like such a small thing but for us for a series that had gone to disney and i thought they're only going to be fucking interested in action figures here i thought they would stick as closely to like archetypes as they could and actually try to develop the character and have reasons for doing these things um you know ray as much as i have some problems with the pacing when they go to the island the scenes with hamill are good after a while i think he's he's protesting too much for a bit too long actually but the scenes where he's explaining why the, the jedi are failing and 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 his face when ray nearly goes to the, you know straight to the dark side 
um, commune straight with the dark side, and and but enough of a bit of humour in there. There's there's the force. Can you feel it? You know, and all that sort of thing. It's a film I admire miles more than I like. Um, but it was the one film that showed me that this, or made me think that uh, Lucasfilm <laughs> under the stewardship of Disney would have some fucking balls when it came to the Star Wars saga and not make it a tribute act to itself, which is all the rise of Skywalker is. It is, I, I jokingly tweeted at the time, if you just had James Bond wanking off looking at the DB5 whilst re- reciting famous lines from the films, it would be about as fan servicey. This was brave. I don't always think it's entirely successful, but it's brave. And I think those that believe the rise of Skywalker is, was hamstrung by this, I think lack a little bit of imagination because there, there was that. Yes, they were put into a difficult spot at the end of that film, but there, there was plenty you could have done. Um, so that's my number four. And I'm sure we'll come back to it with Charlie in a little while. The return of the Jedi is at number three for me. And it was a pure enjoyment decision. I, it's always a difficult balancing act. I think The Last Jedi is a, a you know, a, a far better film in some respects, but Return of the Jedi is just... I watched it when I was six. I love it. I've always loved it. Um, when I think of iconic images from the original trilogy, there's probably more in my head from this film than any other. I always think of Luke in black with the green lightsaber, Jabba the Hutt. I think that the Jabba's palace stuff is too long. I think it's way too long, but it's visually interesting. And the reveal of that, the final reveal, and we'll talk about that when we cover the original film, but the fight, the first reveal, I'm sorry, of Jabba the Hutt was like shocking. Um, Charlie's right. Some of the Endor stuff's a bit too long, but the third act is a masterpiece. Um, it's got a real, the father-son themes are incredible. And, and you know, the dealing with regret, it's too late for me now, you know, um, I'm stuck with this. So we, that suggests there's been a little bit of doubt invader all along. So as nuance, that's wonderful. So, yeah, I'm not going to say much more, actually, because Charlie said quite a lot about it. But Return of the Jedi is my number three. Objectively, perhaps the previous couple might even have been better films. But this is one of the most enjoyable Star Wars films. Uh, Becky, what's your number three? Yeah, my number three is also Return of the Jedi. I guess this is probably going to be... Nothing new, not a surprise. Um, yeah, it's kind of just a, a really good ending to probably one of the best trilogies ever. Uh, to go to the screen, um, but yeah, as, as you both said, it's kind of it's not sort of perfect. There are, there are a few wobble, few wobbles in between, um, but I think you know when you kind of when people do kind of list like the greatest films, especially if you happen to grow up in kind of like sort of well, 70s, 80s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and all that kind of time, um, these films. This next sort of series of films are going to sort of rank quite highly up there. Um, certainly, these these three original trilogy movies. Are, I was going to say I haven't seen anything like it before or since, but obviously we have. Um, but for me, that very much they were kind of came from the sort of like boy's own um, style adventures. There's obviously elements of like western as well. We also had a lot of sci-fi, but yeah, you can you can't really deny um, its impact upon upon the sci-fi genre um, based on. on on big and small screens for sure um but for me it's just the perfect way to kind of round out this this section of, of the saga for sure um and that's why it's at number three on my list okay uh charlie what's your number three uh my number three is the new hope oh snap oh um, sorry oh <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> 
Kenneth Williams when she's surprised. <laughs> I'm channeling half. Um, um. What's his name? Bruce Glover and half. Kenneth Williams, yeah. Randomly. <coughs> Bruce Glover posted on my wall a couple of days ago. I don't know if he just tagged me by accident. He posted twice on my wall, Bruce Cover on Facebook. All right, I'll check him out. I, 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 I took it off because it just looked weird. This oh, <laughs> just posting on. It was. He's, he's thinking of you. He wondered how you were doing. Yeah, but I'm not clearly tagged, so I just thought he, it's put. He's with me, not not. I'm not tagged in the main body of it where he has said Bond, but he posted stuff about Crispin on my wall. So really weird. <laughs> but anyway, right, he's, he's advertising his, you know, Crispin's project and things like yeah, that. No, I know. No, I know. <laughs> anyway. Also, because your name is Bond, so that could have been it. It might have been an accident, but well, it would have been an accident. But why? Anyway, go on. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> so sorry, you two, Star Wars. Yes, a new hope. Yeah, um, it's really good. What was it? There's, there's nothing really else to say about this film it's still amazing it's still the, the casting's perfect the the music is amazing the uh, editing's great um it's just really well drawn together i think it's written a lot better than people give it credit for mm. um and uh yeah i enjoy it immensely it, it's the one that started it all you know yes. it's just the one it really that, is. you know it's it's probably the reason why everyone likes star wars at the end of the day, you know, um, it, it it captured it captured whatever you know, whatever it is it captured it, it you know it, into the hearts of like you know, kids and and well I guess even adults because uh, you know everyone had so much fun you know back back in the day when it came out people just sort of queued up to watch movies uh, and then got out to them and they just queued up again you know and bear in mind they'll be waiting hours to get back as well you know because you know because that's what you had to do. Um, so yeah, um, it's it's iconic. It, it it looks great as well. You know, it's, I think some of the things that you, you you forget, like from a from a certain like perspective, it, it it's you know you forget with like your terms of what Star Wars is. But when you look at um, how it's shot, it, it it it's really really well shot. It's got a really sort of like kind of like distinct sort of Western kind of look to it. Um, that's increasing over time as as the film's dating because yeah. I think that's because a lot of westerns are dated now. Yeah. So when you go back and watch the Tatooine stuff at the start of the film, that could that could easily be a western. Mm. Well, it couldn't because of what they're wearing, but you take my point. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was the whole point. It did come from very much a sort of like cliffhanger um, stories, which were kind of you know fused by kind of westerns and kind of this sort of really early action adventure stories, and sort of you know boys' own magazines and and the like, for example. So it's going to be sort of a big, big sort of infusion there of kind of action adventure. Western is obviously you certainly heavy. You keep influence. on about boys, though. No love for Westlife. No. <laughs> it, it I, always... I, was sadly, I was sadly very much in the take that camp, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, oh dear. Yeah, she'd have been about. She'd have been about <laughs> eight or nine. To be fair. I mean, you only have to uh, look at the success of the Mandalorian to see that the Western influence on Star Wars is still really kind of is still there alive and kicking it's massive in the mandalorian even he, 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 he's the man with no name yeah yeah and he even talks like him you know kind of a low almost slightly husky almost whisper yeah mm. and just going from town to town and you know yeah definitely yeah and i think i think the one thing that star wars has above any years is it still has an innocence that isn't really there in any of the other films 
obviously because a lot of time you can only have that once and then especially if you've got characters going on journeys and character arcs like that that's where the innocence kind of changes and it's where it's supposed to change but there's just a lovely kind of innocence and and where it is it feels like a true fairy tale yeah i'd go along with that so uh becca um this is gonna surprise me what's your number, <laughs> what's your number two? Oh, surprise surprise it's a new hope yeah, these, these kind of next two slots probably aren't going to break the cycle too much. Um, yeah, as, as you just said, it started it all. Um, it's just one of the iconic movies, really, isn't it? It's just it, when, when sort of people rank the greatest films ever, this one um, inv- invariably is, is at the top, the top end of, uh, of the list there. Um, effects really groundbreaking for, for the time. Um, iconic characters, um, just scored fantastic off the charts it's one of the all-time great scores not only just in in john williams back catalog but but of all time again hugely influential um brilliant you know action adventure um just uh, you know kind of run out of superlatives really to describe it and it's it's influences as as we just said like the western genre um far-reaching in cinema today um you'd be hard-pressed to find any kind of sci-fi um, property that isn't perhaps some way touched um, by you know by even like the sort of plot themes or even the you know production crew for example hugely influential cast a very very long shadow um, there's the, I saw a thing on Twitter about sort of films that, that audiences would consider perfect this might be one of them indeed um, certainly for me um, and also having um, where are we yeah, having sort of things like um, I don't know, things like the Secret Cinema Star Wars a, a few years ago. Um, they kind of obviously it's, it's focused on on one film, but it tried to encapsulate elements of of episodes four, four, five, and six, um, and just you know did it in such a fantastic way. Um, yeah, it's just one of those near perfect movies, <laughs> pretty much. Um, so yeah, that's all I've got to say. Anyway, next. I'll, I'll go next because I'm the only one who hasn't mentioned this film, and I've got I've got it at number two as well. <clears throat> two, three, and four could have gone in various different orders. The Last Jedi had to go last of the three because it's the one I enjoy least. Um, Return of the Jedi nearly went ahead of this just because I think I like it most. But that's the six-year-old, you know, version of me, and 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 whilst I still like it now, when I look at it, it does have some odd pacing issues and, and things like that and yes there is a second Death Star and stuff like that so this is a better film it's one of the ones I re-watched and there was such a sense of relief because I actually watched them in sort of plot chronology order because obviously I don't need to watch them in the order they were made because spoiler alert I know Darth Vader is Luke's father so um, I, I you know it doesn't matter if I watch them and not only that I thought well I'll, I'll be finishing on better films if I start with the prequels and stuff and this was the and Rogue One is the only one of these films I didn't rewatch, by the way, uh, for various technical reasons and then time. So this was the first film I actually kind of enjoyed, you know, and I really enjoyed it. I had such a wonderful viewing of this. Star Wars is always the one that I felt like I paid lip service to. I felt like it was the one that I I spoke up and said great things about, but I actually really kind of preferred the other two parts of the trilogy. Um, this time I just had the most wonderful time with it, just from its kind of strange naivety, you know. Um, it starts so small, you know, just a guy in a in a small backwater, really, although water being the least appropriate term for, for where he lives. 
And um, just the wide-eyed innocence of the guy. Mark Hamill's talent is just never, ever given full um, respect from this, the whole of this series. Everyone says, oh, get some power converters. And people make fun of him. But he's exactly what the plot needs. Um, and at Guinness as well, obviously, we, we sort of you know lose him for all but cameos after this, really, and short scenes uh, for obvious reasons. Um, it's just... It, it's pitch perfect if you start comparing it to the rest of the saga you start looking at things you're missing like obviously there's no yoda in this and all the rest of it but if you just take it for what it is what a piece of work and 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 divorced from the rest of the series and trying to watch it as though it's the first one and there's no other star wars films which obviously i didn't because i watched them in the wrong order uh but if you sit and watch it uh, as just a film that came out in 1977 you just go this is pitch perfect it's a wonderful piece of work so i've got i've written it down as star wars to be honest the reason i said that is that's what it was called when it was released but it was if, if i literally took it on the basis of the special edition i'd probably put return of the jedi ahead of it because the jabba scene alone is such a piss poor piece of storytelling when you've just had the greedo scene that it does damage it but yeah i do have i will just say i've got the first film at number two uh charlie what's your number two uh my number two is the last Jedi. Mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's it goes pound for pound with empire as the best film um and i just think it's so smart it's so brave um they've done such an amazing job with not only the writing but the performances as well and um there's just yeah and it's just there's there's so many new things in here that that bring great little moments like the just i mean it's great to see the appearance of, of Yoda, but seeing that interaction between him and, and Luke and the way Luke hears, and also the kind of the different POVs between Kylo and Luke and how they tell the story of what happened. And also that adds real kind of a lot more depth to Kylo's background. And Adam Driver is so good at him as well. And again, this is what this is why Rise of Skywalker is so disappointing because of how well Kylo was built up in this film. And to see him shoved aside for Papatine in the last one, where the where in this one he was at the top. And to see someone like that at the top of the Empire and not to explore his his the way his feelings already are and not to explore those further where he's at the top of that is such a missed opportunity. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, to go from this film and I mean, because people really stupidly, a lot of people say, well, there's nowhere to go from the end of this film because it's all wrapped up. So, well, not really, because the First Order is still out there. They're still massive. There's still not a lot of resistance, but it's kind of, you think about moments like Luke facing down the First Order even in, in his projection and Leia using the Force and the and Ray using the Force and uh, the way it's kind of democratised so much and you think how, how good it would have been if those kind of myths that this was looking at in the first place with Star Wars as one of the prevalent modern myths um, and how those tales could have filtered out to make 
the galaxy turn around and think, well, maybe we should do something. But instead, it's back to, oh, okay, nothing's happening. We'll go bring back Lando Calrissian and he can do it. And it's just like, yeah. And this film offered a challenge to who came next. Yes. You know, that's, that, that, there's not to say there, there, there aren't challenges in what you're doing, but a lot of that challenge is, is represented by the fact that we finished The Last Jedi in fairly unter- uncharted territory. But that should be exciting to storytellers, not how oh, the fuck do we get this to look like the final part of a Star Wars trilogy now then, because yeah. they haven't left us in the traditional place. Well, that's what you paid money the money for. Well, they yeah. I mean, they're, they're still in a really bad place in the, at the end of the film. Well, they um, are. They're all on the Millennium Falcon. That's why Rise of Skywalker, yeah. Skywalker pissed me off when they end, they're able to corral such a massive fleet in about an hour. And you think, well, that's there's something a bit disingenuous about it, that we've sort of seen the extent of the Resistance and their struggles. And at the last minute, it, it's suddenly like a Hail Mary. Yeah, everybody just magically, magically appears within like 20 minutes. It's like, well, hold on a minute. Yeah, I mean, I, I know they had like ships that were off apparently doing other things while mm. not that that was explained um but yeah it's, it's like how many people do you think fit on the millennium falcon and then you, and you open in in rise of skywalker when they get back to the base and suddenly there's all these there's a, a ton of rebel around and uh i can't let dominic monahan go again and uh, whispers from the sith and all this stuff and but yeah, last year is amazing, and that's why it's my number two. Well, I'll uh, I'll stay my number two. So um, yeah, so this this is like number one. So I rewatched um, Star Wars and uh, New Hope, and I was fully expecting to be that guy who puts Empire at number three. You know, everyone's everyone's top film at like the, at the bottom of the original trilogy. Uh, just you know. Just because I'm like that guy, but I'll be honest, I rewatched both New Hope and Empire, and actually, you know what? I actually enjoyed it. Empire a heck of a lot more, so it's my number two this time round. So uh, yeah, uh, I, I won't say too much because I think uh, I think it's going to be talked as uh, number one. But yeah, that's my number two. So okay. we'll lead straight on to uh, everyone's number one, which is probably uh, well, my well, my number one is because it's been said. It's Jedi. Um, uh, the Last Jedi, not Last Return of the Jedi. Really? <laughs> it's so good, I put it in twice. Uh, it's so good, you feed it twice. Uh, no, no, it's uh, Return of the Jedi. It's um, it's probably. I'd, I'd love to just stick that in a trailer that people didn't know was rankings. So good, I put it in twice. Right? <laughs> because it's a ranking episode, people it, will understand what you it, meant. It, by it that. should it should have gone on the billboards or the reviews. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah if, if if we ever get like a radio show or something, there'll just be a picture of you there with a little quote underneath that's so good I put it in twice. <laughs> God. <Go on, sorry. laughs> so um yeah, Return of the Jedi, um it's mostly because it's probably the most watched Star Wars film. It's one I probably grew up the most watching um, and so it is probably it is more out of the fact that it's my favourite of the two. Um, uh, again, the, the last the last act is just is masterful how it all comes together. I I I I love the Jabba uh, bit. I, I love the I love the, the the bike chase, all that stuff. 
Um, and again, I think I think it's just probably the the most fun I have watch watching Star Wars is this one. Um, and with hindsight, watching all of them together, it's nice to see the transition from Luke from the first film to Jedi here. Um, so it's it's my number one uh, is uh, Return of the Jedi, and it's it's and and also you can't say yeah, but it did have. It did have our first full proper dose of Empire Palpatine, which uh, I think pretty much every he seems to have like a, a dialogue ratio of everyone's a hit, like everyone's a quotable hit of, of Palpatine, especially in this film. I spent ages quoting Palpatine. Yeah, he never stops his toe and just goes "oops" or anything, does he? <laughs> yes. Have some some amazing speech prepared. I will have a coffee, please, love. <laughs> <laughs> You can make that line, like the most uh, yeah. line, sound epic. Do you want cream in that, uh, Emperor? No. Make it. Bourbons <laughs> all round. <laughs> you can make that line seem very sinister. Yeah, but yeah, again, yeah, I think that also helps having the, having like him just chew the scenery. Because he, 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 there's like a big anticipation of like, oh, the Emperor, the Emperor is here. The Emperor is here when he turns up. He doesn't disappoint. So, no, uh, he really doesn't. And it's quite unsettling when you're a kid because whatever they do to his chin, it kind of crinkles when he talks mm. and stuff. And on the big screen as a six-year-old, that kind of really fixed my gaze. It was like, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> but yeah. he, he's just really, really nice and piffy as well. It's like, it's quite safe from your bit of a little bend. Really kind of like, really kind of cocky. Really kind of like, you know, gloating in his own, his own like victories. So, yeah. Uh, Jedi's my favourite. So, uh, I guess it's, it's everyone's uh, favourite now, Empire. Have I? Yep. yep. So, this is just an open chat yep. from all of us about yeah, it. Number one. Yeah. Yeah. So, Empire, take it away, guys. Chris. Uh, uh, not Chris. I've got your name wrong there, Becca. <laughs> 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 all right, Charlie. Give me a chance. I've only known you four and a half years. <clears throat> Becca! Oh, my God. Thanks, Chris. Uh, yeah, it's, this is one of those things, like, for me, okay, this is another example of where, like, I'm just going to align myself with everybody else. Um, secretly, A New Hope is my favourite ever, but both are equally fine films. Um, but for me, I've got to put Empire at the number one. Um, if you're going to do a proper list, um that would, you know, that would be why. Um, but yeah, it's, I've run out of diving into my dictionary of, of superlatives. It's just, it has one of the greatest, like, twists of all time in all of cinema and just all of fiction, generally. Um, like, the battle was really good, epic. Um, fight between the invaders, just iconic. Um, there's just so much, you know, so much to like about it. It's just one of those, again, as I said about um, the previous film, it's like a near-perfect movie. Um, everything about it is, is just iconic um, and as I say it's just I, I just can't, I can't just, you know I can't describe it anymore unfortunately um, I've used up all my superlatives unfortunately if somebody could more more wittily encapsulate this film you guys can do it better I'm trying to save my throat a little bit apologies 
Chris, what have you got to say about it, given you obviously put it second, but still oh, had I, a good time with it this time? Yeah, I, I mean, my main issue was it was always it always seemed to sort of had a, a bit of a pacing issue, uh, which was absent on my recent viewing. Um, it seemed to sort of like revert back the other way with uh, New Hope. That seemed to sort of drag a little bit um, this time around, where and I wasn't quite as engaged with it, whereas it was reversed with Empire. So that's why it's been um, switched around. Uh, the, the, the thing is with, with these rankings, with with the Star Wars ones particularly, I, I, I imagine they could ultimately change the whole time. I could probably revisit them in a, in, a year, in a year or so and my rankings will be completely different so but as of now yeah I, I think I kind of like appreciated Empire more than I did as a, as a shock twist because um, um, it, it is great it's really well it's really well handled um, and you know especially with the stuff with Vader as well uh, at the end with uh, Luke is it, 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 it's probably the best lightsaber fight um, on the whole, I think. So, yeah, uh, that's why it's gone up in my estimations. But Jedi is always my favourite, so it's always going to be my number one. But, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's, I guess, because it's the middle of the middle act, it's got such a different um, kind of approach to it anyway. And it is, the, the pacing is... Mm a lot more kind of generous um, and it's a lot more steady and that allows us to kind of explore things a bit more, which is really good because, I mean, the whole, the whole section with Yoda kind of really defines what Star Wars is about and what the Force is about um, and defining Luke's journey um, and then proceeding what eventually will happen in, in the final chapter. Um, and uh, it's just, I mean, everything is just everyone's the top of their game. And it's, it's sometimes it's just astonishing to watch some of the film and just kind of the creativity behind it just just seems it's just, yeah, it's just kind of magic, really. Um, from the kind of the, the stop motion for the the attacks and the, the hoss stuff and Yoda as, as a puppet um, and the asteroid field chase and stuff like that um, and just the general kind of sets I mean Dagobah being a set is just amazing it's immense um, and um all the, all the kind of the, the environments as well, like the cloud city and stuff. Um, and just as well, the lighting and cinematography is just, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's on a different level than Star Wars and Jedi. Um, the, the lighting, especially uh, tonally, it, it's, there's so much more nuance there. Um, and it's, yeah. And it's just, takes on another level of, of mythic for the for the saga and when you think about the lore of the saga and where everything came from it really comes from this film um, and it was just it's just such an expansive palette and when you look at all the complaints that people had 
about The Last Jedi um, is that most of them can also be applied to this film if you want them to. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I, well done, Becca, because I thought I heard you suppress a laugh. No. Because <laughs> you yeah, saw a picture of just. I thought it was Becca because I've just posted a picture on our chat thread. <laughs> I didn't see that, no. It's got you as having seen it. <laughs> oh, then, I didn't see it. I, <laughs> I don't know. It wouldn't load. <laughs> that is funny. It just says downloading photo. All right. I, I can't see it. I, I might have seen it, but I haven't actually seen it. It's the conversation on Mustafar where he says to him, you've become the very thing you swore to destroy, you know, to Anakin. And his reaction in the picture is, Padme's ass. No, <laughs> <laughs> was it. The fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh-huh. No. And then, uh, yeah, but then it said Rebecca had seen it, and then I thought I heard like a little suppressed laughter. No, I, I coughed, sorry. Oh, I, I said I got a sore throat, and yeah. I thought you did well, didn't you? have to excuse me. It's all right. Um, for me, I don't know. Like, I think Charlie's made the case really well there. I'm not sure I've got a, a massive amount to add. I just think it is a, a sign that the second film, done well, does an awful lot of the heavy lifting. Because if you go back and watch the first film with no reference to anything else, the force is kind of vague. What it is, what it does, you know, is it just some kind of weird telekinetic thing, or what is it? And we get a much bigger feel for that in, in the second film. And again, you can just imagine now you get a lot thrown at Ryan Johnson about subverting expectations. And you think, well, what would have happened in 1980 if you'd gone to see, you know, the grand master Jedi and it's this little frog, you know? So it just expands the palette. There's something about the title I've always liked as well. The Empire Strikes Back. Mm. That would have excited me in the build up to this film. And just Darth Vader in the last railings of an aging Sith. You know, this is, I mean, you can argue about timelines and how old he's actually meant to be. But, um, you know, this is this is almost like an evil version of the sort of um, sort of Achilles. And, you know, just going fucking mental for about three fucking books after um, after Patroclus dies in the Iliad. But um, it, there's something about this guy just ringing up people to kill him. I mean, that's literally it. Just get them on the phone. Right. Fuck you. And it's just it's just amazing. It's just an extraordinary performance. I ought to also point out just a couple of bits of music. Charlie's reference, the asteroid chase. Most of us can hear the music to that in our heads the moment we think about it. And of course, the Imperial March. Most people forget or don't didn't notice it wasn't in the first film. So um, it gives it a grandeur because Williams was told, I believe, and Charlie, correct me if I'm wrong, that his brief was to create a malevolent version of Hail to the Chief. Mm. So um, the film is just virtually perfect. Mark Hamill acting on his own for that period of time, effectively. Yes, Frank Odyssey's there, but he's looking at an inanimate puppet. Um, Mark Hamill and, you know, horrible, wet, smoky environment, albeit a controllable one because it's a stage. Lando being brought into it, you know, <clears throat> stuff like that. Everything expands on the first one and takes it further. And it had the b- balls, and it was balls in 1980 to leave them in such a dark place, but not a hopeless one. It's a little bit like, if you listen, I think it might only be on the expanded version, but if you go and listen to the end of The Two Towers, where Sam has like a little monologue, and it's a little bit like that. They're in a desperate situation, but there's still hope. 
Luke's hand's been replaced. We're gonna we're gonna like rendezvous there, and they're looking out of the wind. They're looking out of the window to this this thing, and it, and it would be us like us looking at a sunrise or something. You know, the sun will rise in the morning. We we, we there's a way back from this. Um, I can't say much more about it than that. I I I cannot conceive of putting another film top. That's not a dig at Chris, by the way, uh, because Return of the Jedi might be the most purely in, in, enjoyable. But it was the first the the first two onto this list were my first and last because there was no doubt about either of them. And that's it from me. And there we are. Yeah, it's it's a funny thing ranking films because a lot of times. Um, when you watch a film, a lot of it is it's very subjective, and it's about what everyone looks at things differently and has diff- has different reactions. So it's 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 really it's really hard to say one's definitely better than the other because they, they both a, a film could objectively do different things to you mm. for various different reasons. And when I was six or seven, The Empire Strikes Back was the boring. Yeah. So you know, yeah. Um, it depends what age you are. It depends what you're looking for. I mean, there are more purely joyously fun Star Wars films than The Empire Strikes Back, yeah. but there is there isn't a better one. But it, it was funny because I was just talking to uh, to a, to, a, to a girlfriend about like what your rankings would be, and and, and hers would be Last Jedi last, Sith first. I was like, wow! Imagine imagine having that in the ranking. People's heads would explode. <laughs> well, she's 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 safe now. You've already proposed. Yes, it's fine. <laughs> like, it's fine. Don't ever ask her about Bond. You know, you just you just open a can of you just opening a can of worms. Well, she's there. not seen them all. Well, you, you can train her. You can train her well. You can train her. <laughs> you can train her in the art of film appreciation. I like the fe- that the feminist of, uh, of of the four of us said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, she can she can blaze that trail. When she gets it right, throw her a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I said. Tell her what to think. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just make sure she put Majesty's at number one, and then you'd have done your job. Well, Chris didn't even do that, but Casino Royale is a, is an acceptable variant. Yeah, that'll be another one as well. No, I'm only kidding, of course. It's fine. Yeah, I know, I know. That's it. Star Wars done for till what 2022. Till next so time. We'll see you all in nearly Until three years time. Until Taika Waititi does something with it, I don't know. Yeah. Be, be interesting. We'll actually see Avatar two first, probably. Yeah, probably. I wouldn't be surprised. It's meant to be the year before, so yeah, hmm. we'll see. Taika Waititi rumoured next, yeah. Um, I don't know how to feel about that. Most people are really happy with it because of they like Thor Ragnarok. But the problem was, not only did it seem all jokes, but like I say, there's something I'd rather he'd write than direct because he signposted all the jokes a split second before they happened, which was starting to piss me off by the end of the film. But there you go. It's a different voice. That's the thing. It's a different voice. I don't want J.J. Abrams to do any more. And I just want them to have a plan if it's multiple instalments. Yeah. That's all. Um, I'd happily watch more from Ryan Johnson, but whether they'll touch that, I don't know. Probably just make a fresh start of it, I think. Probably the best bet. Well, they said they were sort of looking at it, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, I wonder if that would take less shit on the basis that it would be a fresh part of the saga. He didn't come in in part two or part eight, depending on how you look at mm. it, and then do something wildly different from what we've seen from Star Wars before. That That's something that always plays very well with me, but it doesn't play with everybody. And actually, I did see the alternate. I did see the Trevor breakdown. What he would likely have made, and and conceptually, it sounds better. It does. But that doesn't mean the end result would have been. Well, I don't, well, can't no. imagine. I can't imagine it would have been fucking worse, to be honest with you. But I, it doesn't mean it would have been good in execution. Yeah. Obviously, it, it, it maybe they put put Ryan Johnson's on to 
to Disney Plus. Could be that as well. Um, all sorts of strange rumours going around about all of it. To be honest, yeah, with you, and we'll just have to wait and see. But that yeah. Star Wars, that the, Star Wars, done the for this JJ podcast cut as well, and everything. Oh, that's that's bollocks. It's, but I can't see that. This film is so disjointed. I can't believe they've just taken out a handful of scenes that would fix it all. And they've already confirmed that there's some of the scenes in that, that rumour that they didn't shoot. Like the Force Ghost thing. It's rubbish. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so there you go. Thank you, Charlie, particularly, joining us again for this. We'll yes, see thank you again. You so much. We'll see you again in, I don't know when it is. It's Planet of the Apes. Well, we've got a few, a few things to do for us. I'm excited fun. about that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited about that. I have watched all the originals. Of, well, we'll be covering all of them, but um, I've not seen all of them yet. Actually, I've seen. They're a mixed bag. Yeah, it? They're a mixed I've bag. I've seen like, the original, but they're all the fun. Film. I haven't seen any of the sequels, but I've seen all the new ones. I think Battle might be the only one I didn't enjoy on any level. Yeah, um, Battle's the worst one. Thought, yeah, but still, um, it's, but it's still fun on a base level. But, it, but without giving it away, Chris, suddenly in the third film, it completely changes what it yeah. is. And uh, that's, that's not, and it's really, really good. I really love three and four. I don't like two and five very much. I don't like the, I don't like the um, Burton remake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I've got some mixed observations about the um, the new the newer trilogy, but broadly, I do like them all. Yeah, I think I think two only kind of works in the last act because it's kind of a remake of the first one, really. Yeah. It's it, yeah, starring Budgie and Budgie Charlton which is funny when Charlton Heston's actually in it. But <laughs> yeah, okay. But the third one's really, really good. And, mm, and from the opening credits, you can see like this is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, and battle just feels really long and isn't. <laughs> but um, I think we'll I think we'll all kind of enjoy them if you and um, even yeah. if you don't, I think if you don't enjoy them, you'll just find. Isn't it funny or or isn't it amazing how they used to make films like this? Yeah. I mean, they, they don't make anything quite like it anymore. Yeah, can you imagine making Conquest now? Uh, Conquest is the third or fourth? Uh, fourth. It's almost like something third Jordan is... Peele would make. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I do get I do get the names of the middle two mixed up. Um, but I think I think I liked three more, actually. Ricardo Montalban's in, in the series. You'll see Carl. Yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant. And, uh, yeah, you'll see Charlton Heston wildly overact. You'll love it. <laughs> and sweat a lot. <laughs> All right, so that's coming in a few series time. In the meantime, social media, you can find me at the Kid 1976 on Twitter. Oh, you can find me at Simmontrots on Twitter. Uh, you can also find all our episodes at Simmontrots.co.uk. You can find me at MovieJoint on Twitter. And you can find us on Twitter at Expect Us to Talk. Which is available on Spotify and Apple and uh, Google Podcasts. And indeed, anywhere else you might like to listen to us. I found, a new, uh, I found a new site we were on the other day. Um, I was linked to it. There's, there's some website I'd not heard of before. I was like, oh, okay. We're there, are we? Yeah. So some obscure Chinese podcast site. Very strange. <laughs> well, have we been on the other side of the world. Or- are we getting a bad sort of Far East remake? <laughs> <laughs> Cross-cultural pollination. Yeah, I won't do the impression, but I will, I, I, in my head, I could just hear in the accent somebody saying starring Edward Snowden. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so new series, which we're not going to do a Bond commentary this time uh, because 
Did we do one? I, can't I think we did one already. I think we did one about two episodes ago, actually, thinking about it. We've just got confused by the amount of like breaks we've had. Okay, so a new series, which means Becca. It's Quantum Baby. Do you expect us to talk a return with John Wick? 